staring at me like <laughs> what the hell are you doing uh welcome to episode 101 past 101 the past the threshold i never thought we would make it but we're here uh, had a good episode last week i did listen back like i always do quality control it was uh it was a good episode 100 yep. a lot of shit a lot of shit happened this week a lot of shit that's months yep. in the making so let's jump Certainly right into is. it. We did watch a couple of things. We're going to break break into that. Um, a finale, a Marvel movie. Um, one was good, one was eh. Um, maybe both were eh, depending on your opinions. But yeah, let's get into it. We're going to start the show off with a Fat Fucks. Because I'm fat, fat, I'm fat. Come on. Dr. Pepper, I think this has to do with Super Bowl because there's a picture of a football on the can. Coming out with a new spicy pepper flavor named the Hot Take. It's a limited edition can, Dr. Pepper. Uh, going to be a spicy Dr. Pepper. Um, interesting. Interesting, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm guessing around Super Bowl time, so we'll keep an eye out on that. And KFC is testing a fried chicken and mac and cheese uh, wrap. Um, I'm not sure where this is going to be, but um, yeah. Mac they're putting mac and cheese with everything now. Yeah, they do. They have those bowls, that mac and cheese bowls there now. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot of food news, but I wanted to bring those up. So we are going to start this week off. We t- mentioned it last week that this is the 30th anniversary of the UFC. Now, I want you. I know you've done a ton of notes. You've been a fan of the UFC yep. for a very long I time. I decided to basically focus on how the UFC was started as yep. opposed to going through like its history because that'd be redundant. I so we're going to... Yeah, we're going to do a Teach Ray Sports on the UFC. This is the theme to Teach Ray Sports. We need a theme for Teach Ray Sports. I couldn't think of anything that would be original. I stole this instrumental from the Gary Shanley Show. This is the theme to Teach Ray Sports. This is the theme to Teach Ray Sports. So, what do you got, Kevin? So, uh, the UFC. I started watching in 1999, my first year at the restaurant. Uh, One of the guys there, Lachlan, of course, we probably mentioned him on the podcast. Um, 
he had a he was running a house by the high school and he used to work like nights or whatever so he'd like tell me to swing by because he had a uh dreamcast so one time i swung by because none of my other friends had dreamcast um he was watching ufc and he had talked to me about it throughout the uh summer uh when we were working together or whatever so he kind of got me started uh watching it and i remember watching i believe it was ufc five he was watching at the time and as soon as I saw that, I went to Sunco's video and spent like $80 on all five like VHSs of the first five. Um, basically, it started in 1993 at the height of the Tyson craze. And the whole logic behind it was to prove which is the best uh, fighting discipline. You have boxers, taekwondo. Um, but it really emanated from the Gracie family, which essentially created... Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as we know it today. Um, in the 1920s, Helio Gracie um, learned... Helio Gracie's older brother was taught uh, basically a form of Judo by a Japanese businessman who owed a favor to their father. So he taught Carlos Gracie for two, three years, whatever went on his way. Well, Helio was never allowed to actually participate because he was frail like he didn't even go to school because he could like stiff wind would blow him over and whatever mm. so he just watched his brother uh doing the stuff as his brother was training other people at this point and was able to tweak um certain things within the discipline and that's eventually what created this jujitsu um basically what happened is carlos was supposed to train somebody on a one-on-one -on -one session and carlos didn't show up so the guy shows up and helio's like I can train you. Like, I'm just kind of the gender here or whatever, but I can train you. And the guy, like, laughed. He's like, all right, let's just roll around until Carlos gets here. Carlos showed up, like, half hour late and apologized to the guy. And the guy said, no, it's fine. In fact, can Helio train me every week from here on out? So that's how, uh, basically, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu got started. Um, he started teaching his sons Helio once he got married and had kids and whatnot. Um, but what he realized is when he was creating this jujitsu is if you just go against uh your opponents like what they were i guess natural reactions to things so like okay you go for an arm bar the opponent's gonna try to get his arm away but in doing so tightens the arm up so in just making them do what's natural to them now they're in a submission hold and cannot get out because you have the wrist and you're in the arms locked and they can't get out of it so he just did that little little tinkering stuff within uh, judo to create jujitsu, um, and the Gracies in the '80s started doing this thing where they would just say, "You think you're the toughest? Come to jujitsu and come to our mats, and we'll fight it out. You bring as much money as you want, we'll match it. Uh, if you win, you get the tapes. If not, we get the tapes." And they started selling these tapes uh, underground, basically, of them just beating up karate guys or boxing guys. Um, and so then the UFC started to form with, with obviously the Graces were involved uh, because there's basically that whole take whatever um, discipline you want and see if you can beat our jujitsu. Um, so they started getting boxing guys. They actually had Mike Tyson agree to it, the first UFC, but his team said, there's no way we're letting you fight for like, I think the prize was like 50 grand. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, at that point, Tyson was making tens of millions per boxing fight. Mm -hmm. um, so he wasn't allowed to participate in the first one. And in the end, they only had about 12 guys actually try to get involved um, in this thing. And they picked Hoist, the smallest fighter of all the Gracies at that time, the youngest son of Helio, um, 
basically because he was the smallest, he didn't have a fight record outside of fighting at the Gracie Academy. And he was like six foot one, 170 pounds. So they're like, mm-hmm. great, you go be our representative. There was, there was a 400 sumo, pound sumo guy in there. There was a tall, lanky kickboxer. Um, great. Uh, Hoyce really wanted to fight the boxer first because boxing, everyone thought boxing was the greatest uh, discipline ever because at the time, whatever. So he f- goes up against Art Jimerson, who shows up and he had a glove on, just one glove. The boxer guy had one glove and no shoes on. Uh, they made him get, go out and get some uh, boxing foot gear and whatnot. And Hoist beats him without doing a single move. Uh, Hoist took him to the ground. Hoist laid on top of him. The guy didn't know what to do. He couldn't move. Like, Hoist is 170 pounds. This dude's like 215, 220. Couldn't get Hoist off him at all, the entire fight. And the guy just taps out by basically being smothered. Like, he couldn't move anywhere. He couldn't get Hoist off him, so he just tapped out. Hmm. Um, this is back, too, when the UFC didn't have any uh, rounds. So it was just a longer the fight, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and there was also, like, no no gloves like that. Now everyone has the, the four-ounce gloves. Um, so the rules were much, much different. It was very barbaric. Um, then, of course, Hoist went up against Ken Shamrock, a name that you're familiar with. Yep. And Shamrock was a little different than everyone else because he had fought Pancreas style. Pancreas, I think it's called. Which is basically MMA. Like, you learn ground stuff. You learn, you learn how to fight standing up. And Jason DeLuca, who had fought Hoist before this... Uh, at the Gracie Academy, actually, told Ken to watch out for the choke, and Ken said, ain't no 170-pound guy going to choke me out. Hmm, that's funny. Uh, (laughs) He goes for a quick leg lock on Hoist. Hoist easily gets out of it because he knows how to defend himself, and Ken Shamrock gets choked out in, like, less than a minute, that fight was. It was literally just, like, two moves. Like, he took Hoist down, and then Hoist rolled around, got out of the, the foot lock, and choked him out. Um, then Hoist went on to finish off the evening against this tall kickboxer. He was in the ring for three fights and he was in there for less than four minutes or four minutes, 31 seconds is how long he was in there. Um, UFC two at this point, it had grown. There were 16 guys. Uh, Jason DeLuca from Boston mass, uh, was one of the losers of the Gracie challenges I mentioned earlier. And he basically said that he came to this tournament to get revenge. Um, very Game of Thrones style. Like, I'm only here to get revenge on one person. I just want to beat him. And Hoist took him out with an arm bar where they were on the ground and DeLuca went to stand up, again, going against his, you know, going with his natural instincts to stand up and try to get out of it. And Hoist just cranked back. So the photo is, it's awesome. Uh, I've seen it. I have a friend that has it on his wall. Is Jason DeLuca's arm basically being bent with Hoist being upside down and DeLuca's basically breaking his own arm by standing up. Uh, so of course he tapped him. Um, UFC three happened. Um, Hoist got injured um, after winning UFC two. He beat Deluca and a bunch of other guys. Um, Hoist in UFC three got injured. He basically was dehydrated and went out there and for his second fight and couldn't see the opponent basically and had to throw in the towel. Um, UFC four he came back. He beat Dan Severn in the finals. Um, Dan Severn has a funny quote where he goes, did I really lose to Hoist? He goes, yes, I tapped. He goes, but the only reason why I tapped is because I couldn't do to another human being what I would have had to do to win that night or something stupid like that. And Hoist is just like, I got you in a fucking submission and you tapped out. Like, that's exactly what happened. Um, 
Then, of course, UFC 5 was the big super fight between Shamrock and Hoist, um, where they basically they put a time limit on it, and Shamrock got him down and couldn't knew he couldn't do anything against Hoist, so they literally laid there for 30 minutes and got booed the last 15 minutes of it in what was a terrible, uh, terrible fight, but still kind of cool at the time. Of course, since then, UFC has grown. They weren't even on pay-per-view back then, unless you had DirecTV in the early, late 90s. DirecTV really wasn't that popular. Before every UFC thing, they'd say, you know, write, you know, whoever, your, your cable company to get us on pay-per-view. I'd be going to Suncoast every couple of months and buying these DVDs, VHSs, whatever. Um, but the sport has, in the last 30 years, has grown more than I think any sport ever has, especially if you watch the early UFC stuff. I have a question. Uh, Presentation-wise. What's that? I have, a, I have a question. When did yes. Dana White start in the UFC? Like, when did he become 2001. the 2001. It might yes. have been 2000. 2000 okay. or 2001. Um, he, he, he and the Furtadas, uh, they grew up in Boston. Okay. And the Furtadas at this point were out in Las Vegas. And they're worth, like, some insane number, like... Just like probably close to a billion dollars at that point, um, owning casinos and stuff. So you'll see to them like Dana White brought to them, and Dana White, I think at the time, was just doing like local like boxing promotion okay. in this area. Um, and he brought it to them, and they bought it for like next to nothing. But then they were losing a lot of money because they weren't people weren't buying it. Like it was like still very very much underground niche type stuff until they did the UFC. Uh, ultimate fighter show and right. the finale of that was an incredibly brutal um it was stefan bonner and forrest griffin uh just a complete brutal like just two guys standing up and just beating the shit out of each other for three rounds and all of a sudden business flipped on its head and the ufc was kind of off and running mm -hmm. but it did take i mean that was like that might have been like 2004 2005 2006 area like they were going belly up for quite a while and, and was, they were just barely making enough to stay open yeah because that was after tough enough and i know it, came, it went on the same network as tough enough it's kind of like the uh, ufc's version of bringing in up, up and coming fighters to compete yes. to be the next star and reality tv was huge then i mean yeah. that was still when survivor was in its peak years Everyone was watching reality TV, yep. and it just so happened to work out in their favor to where that fight just got them so much business, um, and they were able to just build momentum off of that. And um, I mean, when they first bought it, they were trying their damnedest to be like WWF. Like that, when they started doing like some of their entrances, were started have like laser shows and shit like mm -hmm. that, like because um, it was like the end of the Attitude Era and stuff like that. Yep. Um, and they were kind of competing with WWE, kind of competing. Right. But not really at the time, just as my, another whatever. My next question. Yes. Who, who, where did the championships come into hand, and who was the first champion of the UFC? I believe it was around UFC 7. I think there was a... And I this would be and I think 1999? It was Dan, this was probably UFC 7. 90... No, they were flying at that rate because 98 was UFC 17. Okay. Because the, when they first started doing them, they were doing them like every three or four months. Okay. Um, in only certain locations because they were pretty much banned everywhere. Um, but I want to say it was around, it was in the early UFCs, and I think it might have been Dan Severn or it might have been Tank Abbott. I think it was um, Dan Severn. I think, yeah, it, was I think Dan it was Severn. Dan Severn. Was, that rewatch last year. 
the rewatch last year, I seem to remember them mentioning that he was the first UFC champion. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. And at that point, it was like a, a basically just a heavyweight belt. I yeah. believe Mark Coleman beat him afterwards, and then they started doing more divisions and whatnot. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, the sport has grown tremendously. Um, just 10 years ago was the first time a woman competed in the UFC was uh, 2013. Um, that and that's gotten... Yep, that's gotten huge ever since. Like, Ronda has very similar to, like, Hoist, to where Hoist kind of started out, but there wasn't too many women fighting at that time. Mm -hmm. And then she was surpassed by the fact that other women got better and than she was, essentially, and she got so big and whatever. Um, but yeah, she only fought in the UFC, like, eight times, I think I read, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of a, astonishing to me. I thought it would be way more than that. But, well, uh, I, remember, I remember the yeah. big thing. I remember the big thing that happened, as far as the company is concerned, where it brought it, on everybody's radar was where Brock Lesnar jumped from the WWE. Yes, he tried he out. Like he tried out. He tried out. He tried out for football for the yep. Minnesota Vikings. Uh, didn't get in, and he went right to the UFC and dominated for he did, years. He did pretty good. Yeah, he he'd fight like once a year, um, kind of like he did in WWF for a couple of years. Yeah. the last couple of years. Um, well, then he had that whole stomach issue and yeah. kind of sucked after that. Yeah. Um, but the the thing about the heavyweight division, the division he fought in, yeah. is I think there's only been one heavyweight champion to, to successfully defend it three or more times. I think it's Stipe Miocic, who is supposed to fight John Jones for the title um, this Saturday, but John Jones broke his leg with like a week to go. Which is another great thing about jiu-jitsu, is it allows you to go 100% while training, you can't do that in kickboxing. You can't do that in most other, most other uh, fighting disciplines because you're going to run out of training partners. You're going to get hurt yourself. It happens all the time. That's why like a guy like Chael Sonnen never had to pull out of fights because of injury because he was a wrestler for the most part who right. would train stand-up, but he was a wrestler, so he was mostly on the ground when he was doing yeah. a lot of his training. Um, so a lot of the wrestler guys, they stayed healthy um, for a big portion of, so I uh, of events. So I, I know I know Chael. We talked about Chael last week. Yes. I know Randy Couture. I know yep. Um, yep. Tito, which when, we're going to talk about in a little Couture, bit. Tito Ortiz. Yep, Couture um, was one of the guys that I was really rooting for when I was getting back into it. Uh, Lachlan would have parties or whatever over at his house, and I'd go, and go a couple times a year. And it was usually to a Randy Couture, a Tito Ortiz, or a Ken Shamrock fight. Yep. Um, Chuck Liddell is another one. Yeah, Chuck Liddell. I know, I know, he, he I know all the... Ortiz. And I know all the guys that went over to the WWF in 1998, yep. like Shamrock, Severin, Shamrock. we mentioned. Yeah. Um, Tank Abbott went to WCW, so I yep. know I know that I know that we're transitioned a little bit in that time as well. Yeah. But I think we're going to save this for a whole other episode. It also changed when Conor McGregor got viral, yes. and it wasn't because of the UFC. And it's because of the stuff he did outside of the yes. UFC. And honestly, a lot of what he did was because he could jump off the back of. Basically, of what Chael Sonnen did, where he, Chael's, except Chael's much more articulate in his words when he calls out opponents. Yeah, and Conor McGregor is much more. Mike um, Tyson, crazy. If you're, if yes. you're gonna compare the two of them, Chael is Muhammad Ali. Yes. Conor is Mike Tyson. He'll rip yes. your fucking ear off or yeah. throw a chair through your bus. Yep. <laughs> We're gonna. We have to do oh, yeah. a UFC. We, we have to do, we a do a UFC. Talk. A UFC part two just on Conor alone and all yes. the shit that he did yes. because and clips because his. Interviews, clips, everything with him is amazing. Oh, yeah. When he, yep. I know when he does the um, the weigh-ins the day before, and he has those yep. interviews with the crowd. Those are amazing. Just those clips alone. 
Yeah, we're going to have to do a whole UFC 2 on that. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, go yep. on. And, and I know we're going to talk about Tito Ortiz a little bit in Chael, because that's the clip this week for your Chael, yep. your Chael clip. Um, so, yeah, talk about Tito, because I know last week you mentioned that Tito oh, I Ortiz... I fucking hate Tito Ortiz. That you don't like Tito I, Ortiz. I know a lot of people like, don't. Yeah, he was my uh, LeBron James hate before LeBron James. And he, and he hated LeBron. And he dated Jenna Jameson, or married Jenna yes. Jameson at one, t- one time. I remember that. That's all I really know about him, besides yep. And uh, you're going to want to keep that in your mind for the quote. Okay. The Chael quote. The okay. Chael sets him up on. It's great. Um, but yeah, Tito Ortiz, I mean, I don't know. A lot of times, especially when I was younger, I would just go with whoever Ben told me was to go with. Like, I'd listen to him because he has superior knowledge to me and all of it um especially back then um because he was training jujitsu at the time and still does um but yeah tito ortiz seemed like every time he fought he would just take a guy down and then just elbow him and it was just not entertaining uh he had a great feud with shamrock i believe they fought three times i think it was i think tito might have beat him all three times or maybe it was two one tito um and of course he started training with like chuck liddell they came up together and then they became enemies and it was like one of the first huge storylines in the UFC. Cause if you can, if you have two guys that have a huge storyline, good history in the UFC, they make a lot of money. Chael Anderson, um, McGregor and Diaz, Ortiz Shamrock, Ortiz Liddell, um, any of those guys. Um, but yeah, I just never really cared to watch him fight. And he was one of those guys I always watched just to hope he lost the right. fight. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's, I mean, I know UFC has grown so much. Yep. I mean, now it's a multi-billion dollar company that was able to merge oh, yeah. with Vince McMahon and become this gigantic TKO yeah, where they own pretty much now. all sports entertainment. Yeah. I mean, they're not, yeah, they're not necess- necessarily entertainment except for the entrances are, yep. but they're, they're real sport compared to Vince. Yep. But they, uh, they even bought pride, which was the Japanese circuit that okay. Chad talks about all the time about being fake. They even bought Pride, so like I got I actually because I've been watching so many clips, I signed up for their uh, streaming service for a month and been watching old Prides. Uh, some of the Prides are great. I'm uh, one of my favorite fights from Pride was uh, Hoist went over there and fought uh, Sakuraba. Sakuraba had beaten two of his brothers at this point, um, so the Gracie Mystique was kind of wearing off, and those guys went an hour and a half draw. Or no, Sakuraba won because Gracie was injured. They had thrown the towel after like an hour and a half. Um, but it's actually an hour and a half and it's pretty entertaining. Um, yeah, I used to love pride, all that stuff. I remember that was probably the first, uh, MMA DVD I got is they had pride had grand prix tournaments that they were doing over the course of like, I think two nights, like a few weeks spread out apart. I don't think they might've been back to back nights. I can't really remember right now, but, um, yeah, pride was great. Um, so before we get into this week's clip, I want to know. We kind of know Conor McGregor was the last real star of the UFC. I mean, that's that's kind of where my radar was on that. Who is well, the star now? Like, who is John the Jones? If okay. he can't fucking, he can't get out of his own way to save his life. Adesanya just lost his title, the middleweight title, um, in September, and he was uh, uh, the guy that beat him was a huge underdog, Sean Strickland. Um, Adesanya, though, was selling tickets, selling merch. Uh, John Jones, this was one of the most... This was like the fourth time he and Stipe were supposed to fight, and it just... It's not happening again. Um, Khabib retired. He was 29 now when he retired. He's the guy that kind of retired the mystique of Conor McGregor also. Okay, I um, remember Khabib, that. Khabib was a great fighter when he fought, which Chael talks about a lot. It's like... 
a lot of guys will say they'll fight and then they have to pull out of fights. Khabib is kind of that way. He gets injured a lot before fights. Um, Jose Aldo didn't fight for, I think, like two years for losing to Conor McGregor because he was the champion, but he just kept getting injured going into camps and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, it's an incredibly difficult sport. A lot of times champions only got a year or two um, on top if they're lucky. Right. Um, they only fight three times a year, max, usually. Um, Chill always made fun of that, that he'd fight, he used to fight eight times a day when he was wrestling, and he only gets to fight three times a year now, um, which is why he'd always be ready. Like when Dana called him, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this last week, I was doing all the Chill stuff without notes, So, but I'm pretty sure when basically Dan Henderson pulled out of UFC 151 uh, eight days out against John Jones, and Chael was like, I'll fight him. He said that night, he tweeted out, he said, I'll fight him. Dana brought it to Jones, and Jones said, no, I'm not fighting on, I'm not fighting a Chael Sonnen on eight days to prepare. And Chael's like, I'm not going to have a camp. You're not going to have a camp. It seems pretty even. It was the only UFC to this day, I believe, Dana actually had to cancel the entire event because he couldn't line up a headliner on eight days' notice. Um, and then they ended up fighting, and that's when Chael got his absolute fucking bell rung by John Jones. I mean, John Jones is a freak of nature. This guy taught himself how to fight on YouTube. Um, he's from an incredibly athletic family. He was a huge wrestler in high school. Uh, both his brothers ended up in the NFL. One of them, Chandler Jones, played for the Patriots. I don't know if you remember that news story about him smoking a bunch of synthetic marijuana and mm -hmm. then walking around Boston naked like 10 years ago. But, <laughs> but that, was, mm -hmm. that was his brother. His other brother, um, also Super Bowl winner with the Ravens. Um, so he's from a very athletic family. Like John Jones, if he can just stay away from cocaine and running, hitting pregnant women, and then uh, going back to the scene of the crime to grab a bag of money that was in your back seat and then leaving the scene of the crime again, if he can just stop doing things like that, he might be okay. And right. I mean, he was in, he was incredibly dominant for so long. He was like Anderson Silva, who didn't lose for like eight years in the octagon. Okay. Like he was just so dominant. But he he fought once in four years at this point. I think CP has fought once in three years, something like that. So uh, it's, right. it's tough. You got to stay healthy. Two more questions, and then we'll get yes. to the clip. Yes, because I came up with it when I'm thinking of this. I know UFC yes. 300 is happening soon. I know that's a 295 is on Saturday. So yeah, 300 will be probably July. So I know that's pretty big deal. I think 200. I remember Lesnar came back after his second run in WWE and had a quick match. Um, and I know Did he, he got... fight Cormier. I can't remember. <laughs> I remember he got he. They found steroids on him or something. So I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. The whole, the whole deal with it. Yes. Um. Yeah, he was busted for drugs. Um, is I think Connor, that might have been his second time in the UFC being busted is for drugs. Conor McGregor retired from UFC, or is he just kind of? I know he injured himself the last time I remember. Yeah, he broke, broke his, his leg, leg the last time, or ankle, or something. Is he um, done? He's not technically retired now. Okay. Um, He's still up for fights. I don't think we'll ever see him be a main event again. Okay. Um, or not main event, but a championship. Cal I don't know if we'll ever see him fight for the belt again, depending. I mean, it could go either way, but I mean, and the, other the guy made like $100 million from his Mayweather right. fight. So it's not like yeah, that was huge. Money. UFC, UFC, they don't make like fucking shit compared to yeah. other other things. Um, right. Mainly, especially because UFC took away their ability to get sponsors. Okay. So. Oh, yeah. Because Lesnar has Cause all now UFC sponsors. is just. Yeah. Now UFC is just sponsored by Reebok, so everyone gets the same cut of the same money, okay. as opposed to having their own sponsors. So there's no more like Lesnar used to go in with the shorts that had Jimmy John's on him. There's no more of that. 
when Lesnar came back, I believe he did. Okay. Um, but yeah, for the most part, there isn't any of that. And that might have actually taken place after the 200. I can't really remember the timeline on that. But that was okay. a big thing for a lot of fighters. Um, I believe it was Nate or Nick Diaz, one of the Diaz brothers, walked away from the UFC for like a year or two. Um, they were also getting popped for smoking weed all the time. They always had weed in their system. The Diaz, yeah, I know that. Too. Yeah. I mean, they're um, just, they're, we could do a whole other segment on them because they're fucking nuts. And the other thing I want to bring up, one more thing. I know they're huge in WWE. I know Logan is. What is the deal with the Paul brothers and their? I know they must be fans of the UFC because they're fans of wrestling, of course. But what is their deal with Dana? Because I've heard stories of them fighting with Dana in interviews, talking about Dana, Dana talking smack to them. Like, what is the whole deal with the Paul brothers? I still think the issue is probably I don't know much about it. um, Other than I think it's probably just uh, Dana knows that they're kind of um, attractions. And, attractions yeah. um, to boxing, um, which is funny because that's all CM Punk was to the UFC. So I don't know why yeah. Dana would be mad about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he just sees them as like obnoxious, like just, I think that's it. And they probably have said some shit about the UFC before, I'm sure. And Dana's very outspoken about a lot of things and should probably keep his mouth shut more often right. than not on some things. Um because he'll fire back at you. I mean, he if you say something about him, he'll fire back at you no matter what. Because yeah, I know I know the Paul brothers, very good talkers. Logan is in WWE. Uh, yeah, he just Jake. Won the Jake is the talker. Talks mm-hmm. smack, talks shit, talks whatever he wants. They haven't fought in the UFC. They haven't even been involved in the UFC. But I know they've mm-hmm. talked smack about Dana, about the UFC, and all that. So, all right. So let's get into the clip for the week. I know. I so want this to is set this up. Going into Tito's last fight of his career was against Chael. Um, and Year? About what? how long ago was this? This was 2018? Well, not was, that long ago. I, I believe it was Chael's first fight with Bellator. Um, and they had fought, one, they had wrestled once in college. Okay. Um, so that was kind of like the, the setup for Bellator. And this is also a free event. It was free on uh, Spike TV. Because Bellator okay. kind of deal with them. Okay, so this is Chael talking and talking to Tito Ortiz, having kind yep. of a back and forth. Yeah. Well, Mr. TV announcer, I think you got that right. January twenty-first, the bad boy versus the bad guy. It's been twenty years in the waiting for the rematch. Tito's car just got repossessed a week ago. Tito has a Rolls Royce. Now, in fairness, that's a beautiful car. I wouldn't own one because I'm not that big of a prick. But it just got repossessed. Unfortunately, he couldn't get this match before. I heard that he tried to sell some suits to make do on the car, but nobody had a size 52 stupid. Yeah, I love having distractions. I don't like days off. Tito is literally in the only profession I know of where you don't need to wear a suit, and he keeps showing up in one. It's like a local funeral parlor clothes, and he it's went and took class, it off a corpse. Dude, something you need to learn. Shows up class. looking like a maitre d' at Golden Corral. Yeah. I'm just happy <laughs> that he got here. Somebody got him the Uber app, or, or he, he thumbed a ride down down here. I hope he gets to the forum well, on you're Saturday You're very welcome. Night. Your chick actually had red panty night this weekend because you're getting paid because of me. Oh, God. <laughs> Tito, oh go ahead. God. Tell him what I do so well. Well, he talks well. His mouth has gotten him in every fight, big fight that he's had. And every time when it's time to present and perform, he's failed. On Saturday night, it's not going to change. What I do well, I come up with heart. I come up with determination. I come up with hard work and perseverance. When I get my hand raised, 
I don't know why. And so all the millions of fans that have had my back over the last 20 years. Tito always says I'm using my mouth to get my opportunities. The only person I know that made money using their mouth is his ex-wife. <laughs> You're a fucking punk, dude. <laughs> but there's a lot of guys that need their asses kicked. I thought I was done after all that practicing and you hit up on that. Interrupting Jesus, God, is not like, classy. God. No, interruptions aren't. Look at that. Brought him down in the over, dirt with me. Did said he wouldn't come here, but I got him here, didn't I? Got him all frustrated in his nice suit and his four-letter words. What was I saying? I was saying something brilliant. What was it? I've lost my own train of thought. Saturday night, live, free, and only on Spike TV. Have I mentioned that? Tickets still available at the forum, even though we already have a record gate. Do you guys know that? A record gate. Look and at this press conference. Make sure you throw that Eminem quote in, too, while you're at it. Never. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, Marshall Mathers. Tito. You know so well. Tito. Classy. Classy. Live, free, and only on Spike TV. People have asked me, how do you sell this fight? Why should we tune in to watch you and Tito? This is the first time I've been in a main event and I don't have anything to sell. I could not sell the fans something if I wanted to. This is free, which means everybody can afford it except Tito. Oh, my fuck. <laughs> Tito, Tito should have shut the hell up. That, uh, there's another clip. It was just too long. About, it would have made the clip like six minutes long. But of him talking about like how he was watching something on like YouTube, something about jackals and and lions and something and like it's like he goes on for like minutes and chill starts snoring <laughs> and he just sets him up again and, and he's like you hear that snoring nose that's a snoring nose you're gonna hear in the second round on saturday night and chill just goes now that was good i set you up that was a good one tito you're learning <laughs> but uh oh, yeah God, what a I, 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 interview. I could listen to chill talk for fucking hours yeah oh. tito tito can't talk at all no Wow. Now, like, Chael just makes it also look very easy. I mean, so many guys come in and try to do that that whole shtick, and they just can't do it for whatever. I mean, he's very he's very well-educated, very, very well-spoken. He knows exactly the terminology to use. Because um, there's other quotes where, like, he'll be on a show, and they'll be like, I heard you said this. And he's like, you cannot pull up me saying those words in that order, blah, blah, blah. And it's usually like, instead of wife, he said little lady, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah. What Chael's is, just a very educated talker. What is Chael doing now? Is he involved in the UFC? Is he, who's who's involved in he's the UFC? A, uh, Are there any legends still involved? He does. Um, he has a podcast called okay. You're Welcome, and uh, he does. Um, he does stuff. I believe he might still work for ESPN. I can't remember if he does or not. Um, but he's basically just a media personality, just like okay. his buddy Ariel, which he's getting into it with Ariel now. Um, He's probably the only person, though, that will still be friends with Ariel after Ariel talks shit about him. Um, Ariel has made a lot of enemies in this business since he started. Is um, he involved with the UFC at all? Does he go there? Does he interview? Does, yeah. He goes to the events. I don't okay. think he works there as a media person, though. Um, he might be done with that part of it at this point in his life. Who's I don't know if him going to Bellator had anything to do with that or not. Who's had falling outs with uh, the UFC and Dana? Like, He's not involved at all anymore. And is, I know was it Tito one of them? Tito did, yep. Tito, yeah. I don't know if Chuck had a falling out with Dana or just left. He might have just left the business. Okay. Um, there's been most of the top guys from the early years. Um, I feel like had falling outs with with Dana. Um, okay. I think Randy Couture was a big one. Um, Dan Henderson had a falling out with him, left and then came back. Um, it probably all had to do incredible fight against Rua. Which I just watched the other night. It probably all had to do with money. I mean, it usually does. A, a lot of it does, especially yeah. when I mean, boxers make 
fifty million dollars. Yeah, they don't have. They didn't have that money in the beginning. Barely make like one to two million dollars. Like okay, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Very cool. I like that talk. And like like I said, I want to continue this later on with the UFC Part Two with just an episode on Connor. Yeah, I know there's so much there. Just the bus talk alone will be a ten minute Mm. conversation because I remember that. Yep. I remember the behind-the-scenes footage. I remember the TMC, TMZ report on that. I remember, the, I remember the chair, the bus, Connor surrounding it, and the, and the video. It's just plus you have that one fight where uh, one of Khabib's guys came in and like tried to assault him after one of the fights. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot to talk about with Connor. That's a story for another time. Is he coming? Is he coming? Because I mean, you don't know if he's coming back for 300 either. Because so, if he's, I know if he's trying to heal himself or, I'm not sure. Um, He's probably just waiting for the right opponent. Um, okay. There's always been talk that he and Diaz were going to do a part three in Dallas Stadium, but that talk's died down considerably in the last since COVID. Basically, um, that would have been an epic uh, fight to happen um, at that venue. But yeah, yeah, he's he's jacked now too. I've seen yeah. in- Instagram videos and posts of him. He's jacked. Yeah. All right, so we'll leave it on that. And we'll we'll come back to this later on, but. Uh, we watched two things. I watched the Loki season two finale, and we watched the Marvels. Mm-hmm. Let's get our reactions to the Marvels first. We watched that opening night. Um, not a not a uh, not a big movie in the theaters. I think it's going to be doing about sixty million this weekend compared to the last movie. It made yeah, one billion dollars. The high end was uh, it didn't make a billion 70, the first weekend, but seventy five. Well, overall, yeah. I think seventy five was what they say would top out at seventy five. It's probably yeah. gonna do between sixty and seventy. Yeah. Um, the full theater run will probably end up. Who knows? It could end up around the same as the Flash, or they could just keep it in theaters so they can make their money. Who knows? I think streaming is. We can talk about this ad nauseum, but I think streaming kind of ruined what people think. Not only of the, this type of movie, but any movie. Any big mm-hmm. blockbuster movie, because you know, okay, it's going to be on streaming very soon, and usually that's yep. the case. The Disney 90- holds off longer than they like, do. They HBO have puts them out almost immediately. And, and, look yeah. at, and look at Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer came out in, what, July? And it's still yep. not, not out. It's coming out in a couple of weeks, but it's been almost six months, and the thing hasn't been out yet. So they're they're learning. They are we going to wait a little bit, keep it in theaters, and, and get that hype well, up a little bit more before we... Also, what they're learning, too, is when they put something in theaters before streaming, uh, the numbers on streaming do better also. Um, which is what they're learning, um, except for Five Nights at just, Freddy's, which is a correct weird weird thing. But yeah, that was that was quite odd. But I mean, yeah. even then, I mean, we don't know what it's doing on Peacock just because right because it's in theaters. Like we don't know if it's actually doing really well on Peacock right, either, yeah. right. um, which it might be, especially because like it made really good money that first weekend. Who knows if those people the second weekend were like, I'm just gonna sign up for Peacock and watch it for whatever six right. bucks or my free week and watch it the second time that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about the Marvels first. Um, to me, I didn't go into this movie expecting a lot. Um, I'm mixed on it. Very mixed. Um, pretty much what I expected though. I knew about, not only did we talk about the after credit scene last week and we mentioned it in full detail what it was going to be. I watched it three days before we saw the movie. I almost didn't go to the movies I yesterday. Did. I was going to tell you, let's not go, because I already saw the thing. I was going to send you a link. But I'm glad I went. I will say that I there were parts of the movie I liked. There were a lot of parts I didn't like. 
Brie Larson will talk about it. I think she's a terrible actress. In, in a lot of this movie, there's some scenes where she... She's a terrible Captain, Captain Marvel. She's a good actress. She's not good in this role. I, she's not good in this role, and there was a couple of scenes where she just didn't seem like she was fitting into the character. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it in detail at the end. We're going to give our full spoiler review, Yeah. and we're going to talk was, about uh, the implications of this yeah. at the end. It was uh, not good. It wasn't I good, and I think... myself. I think it was better we'll than talk about it later, but yeah. I think it was better than Ant Man and Eternals. I don't think it was better than Thor. I think it's may, maybe on the same level as Thor. Slightly better to me, maybe. But it's definitely on the bottom rung of all Marvel stuff that's come out in phase four and five. And it, it's funny because Guardians three, Black Panther two, all on a whole other level of this stuff that we're talking about. Spider Man No Way Home way on another level of everything else but this is just a a sad way that marvel had got to the point i will say that the time this movie took to take to make cgi got a little better not as cartoonish as ant-man and the wasp not as green screen i mean there's tons of green screen don't get me wrong but yeah let's get into the details at the end can i just uh say one thing and i'm sure we're gonna do it later um and I mean this in the best way possible. Um, between all the comic book stuff we've had in the last year or two, between DC and Marvel, a lot of it being not great. Um, with the news we got last night, which we'll talk about next year, I think is the year comic book films need. Yes, and um, I, I think if so you catch too. my drift, if you if you know where I'm going. Very much so. It's a break. Okay. Yep. It's a break in everything, and and yep. sadly, it took the actor strike and COVID. The learning from the COVID problem mm-hmm. and the act and the stretch of delays from the actors and writer strike that are going to maybe give them time to straighten the fuck out and not yep. destroy comic book movies as we know mm-hmm. them, as we knew them. And we'll get into all that at the end. There's a lot of philosoph- philo- philosoph- philo- philo- philosophical stuff that we could talk about as far as that's concerned too. Um, finale of Loki season two. Loki is the god of mischief, and now he's the god of the multiverse. At the very end of this yep. show, he is the one who pretty much controls all of the multiverse. He becomes a god of the multiverse. Um, there's some North myth- Norse mythology that's built into this. At the very end of the episode, he realizes that he has to kind of, n- not sacrifice himself, but in order to keep the timeline from imploding and destroying, and all the timelines destroying and deteriorating... He has to be into the center of it, and he has to hold all the timelines together, and he does that at the very end, and he grabs all the timelines, and he creates almost like a, instead of a, instead of a mess of timelines in this loom, he becomes almost like a tree. It's like a tree of life, almost. And I know in Norse mythology, there's a, there's a lot of stuff about, about the tree of life. Um, it's kind of where Odenheim and Midgard and all that stuff was kind of based off of that. If you remember the Thor movie, he become this timeline, this, this, all these timelines become almost like this, the epitome of a tree of life where Loki is the center root of all this, holding everything together to the point. This is a, I mean, he's physically inside this tree and it looks like a tree. It's like, it's a clouded tree of all so these timelines. Game of Thrones. Very much, it's, especially it's part, when it was the brand in the book. <laughs> but it's all, but it's all part of mythology. It's all based yep. off of Norse mythology, regular mythology, 
like I mentioned um, in the Thor movie, they mentioned it a lot with Odenheim um, um, and uh, Jotunheim, Midgard, and I can't remember. There's so many other fucking worlds that are all part of the North. But so it kind of brought it back to that as well. Um, so he's a he's a ruler of the of the multiverse, which means he can also see everything. He can control it. So if I'm guessing, the setup for this is him being the one that has to fix all the incursions that happened. Spoiler alert for Captain Marvel. Incursions are now part of the Marvel Universe. So the multiverse war is happening. Um, and he's probably going to be the one that brings a unified Avengers team together to try to stop the incursions from happening in, in the Secret Wars movie and all that shit, which we've always speculated was going to be the case. But um, as far as the series as a whole... 50-50 for me, 50% were great episodes, 50% were okay episodes. Not as good as the first season, but Loki is, without a doubt, the best character of the MCU, maybe even the best villain next to Thanos, and not above Thanos, but between the two of them. Tom Hiddleston does a fantastic job with this character. He was born to play Loki. And I'm glad that they didn't kill him off completely in Endgame and they gave him another chance at this character because he did a great job. He did a fantastic job. And I love Sylvie, his his variant throughout this series. I love Owen Wilson in this show. He did a fantastic job as well. Um, at the very end, I'll probably wondering if there's a setup to Deadpool. There wasn't. However, Mobius is now going back. He went back to his timeline to see him playing with his children he says he needs to explore the world a little bit more instead of being involved in the TVA so much. I'm guessing that's a setup because we the rumors are that Mobius is in Deadpool three because yeah. Deadpool at the end of Deadpool two fucked up with the multiverse and started and killing. Got captured by the TVA or something like that. Something right? like that's probably going to be a part of out. it. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and and he's going to try to kill the DC the uh, Fox universe. So how was um, uh, how was how short round? Did he? How do you end his the story? best the best part of this series is of this season was him. Bring okay. him in was a perfect perfect part because he was the pretty much the writer of the handbook of the TVA between okay. him and the He Who Remains. Um, and he's he's very knowledgeable. He's been at the TVA from the very beginning, um, and he is he's the tinker. He's, he tinkers with things. Um, he's he knows all about the time loom. He knows about all the. All the inner inner workings of the TVA, and he was a great, great part of this. Um, I wish they would have given him... This all came from everything, everywhere, all at once. I wish they would have given him an, a round with Indiana Jones one more time, because he's such a great actor. Um, and it's, it's sad that it took 30, almost 40 years for him to come back into the public, public eye as a great actor. Um, but I'm glad that he is now. He's in, I think, his early 50s. So yeah, I think um, he, he retired and did stunt. He was a stunt coordinator for a while for X Men for the first X Men. Yeah, X Men. Yeah, we talked about <laughs> yeah, that. A few yeah, we weeks talked ago. about that. Yep. yep. Um, so yeah, great show. Um, first season was better. Second season was good. Sets up sets up a gives them a complete ending. I don't think this show will continue from here, but it does set up a lot of kind of twists and turns of what could happen later on. Um, especially with incursions being around now and universes bleeding into each other, which we're going to talk to and talk about in detail at the end. 
Um, there's a lot there, but um, yeah, so far, so far, I loved it. Um, wasn't the best, uh, maybe not even the best show I've seen on there. WandaVision is still number one, but uh, overall, Loki, great character. Great character development throughout the, from the beginning. You think about him from the very first Thor movie, being his brother, the god of mischief, the adopted brother, the outcast, the one who tries to always fight and look for attention, trying to look for that glorious purpose. And by the end of Loki season two, he found his glorious purpose. So, um, great story arc for for Loki. Um, also, uh, not not Marvel related, but before we get into news, I've been watching Shameless. Got through season five. Um, I like this show a lot. Um, and I like, I like Lip. I and mean, we talk about, we talk about Michael, Michael Allen White all the time, or not Michael, uh, Je- uh Jeremy Allen White. Jeremy All Allen the White. time. Um, and of course we're going to talk about him more next month when we watch the Iron, Iron Claw, but, um, he's great as Lip. Um, the kid who plays Ian, who is in? He played the Joker in Gotham, and he's also in the yeah, he's uh, awesome. Star Wars. Star Wars. Yep. He's awesome. I think the best character in that show is Mickey, and it's because he's a thug, but it's also because he is so emotional, and this gay relationship that he has with Anne. Anne, this is the this is the season where Anne has his mental breakdown, and he ends up going to uh, prison for with military oh, prison. Okay. Yes. and uh, his when when he realizes how hurt Anne is inside. And, and you see the pain in Mickey's eyes trying to be trying to be able to heal him and trying to be able to get him to take his medications. And you just see the pain as, as Anne is just spiraling out of control and Mickey can't do anything about it. Very, very touching and um, great fucking show. I love this show. I've been watching it, still watching it. Um, also watching, going back and watching Arrested Development. Um, yep. I want to. I haven't watched the Netflix stuff too much. I think I watched two episodes of the new new Netflix stuff. I think there's two seasons. Um, trying to get in back to back into that because that's a fantastic show as well. Yeah, that's and I a forgot. Great show. And I forgot the Russos were all involved in the beginning of that as well. Yep. So it's. Um, I was I was talking to talking to somebody about it this week, and I was like, "Yeah, do you know that um, the tram that Michael Bluth is is uh, is is riding, that tram was in." one of the Avengers movies or one of the yep. Captain America movies because the Russo brothers did uh, civil war during the airport scene. And yeah, I thought it was just funny little Easter egg, but yeah. Um, anything you've watched this week before we get into news that you wanted to bring yeah, up? Yeah. Um, I'm still uh, watching Smallville, um, which is a show I had never watched. Um, I don't know if I even mentioned it yet, but I'm like, I'm still working through season one. I'm doing like one or two episodes oh. a week. Um, a show you've always been telling me to watch. And, I kind of started the first episode about 20 different times, and this time yeah. I'm actually sticking with it because um, it is very CW. It is very early 2000s. Um, but goddamn, Michael Rosenbaum is oh. fucking amazing. And I blew your mind likes. this week. I blew your mind this week by who Jonathan Kent was. Oh, yes. Um, Dukes of Hazzard, right? Duke, Duke, Bo, Bo Duke. Um, yeah, Duke, he was yes. he was Bo Duke, and twenty years later yep. he became uh, Jonathan Kent. I thought he was great. Yep. I thought he was great in both, but he's a yep. great Jonathan Kent. Uh, but you are right about Michael Rosenbaum. He, he is, is a great Lex Luthor, and you haven't even seen amazing. his. You haven't even seen his evil arc yet. This is yeah, like, just him being being sneaky. Like when and, James Gunn said that, because I was never a fan of Lex Luthor in the original. Like I love Gene Hackman, obviously who doesn't. And then I actually heard James Gunn on Rosenbaum's podcast say that. He he's the best. Didn't really care for, yeah, he's just the best, and he didn't really care for that version of Lex either. Either, and of course we had whatever happened with 
Eisenberg. And, um, oh, of course, yeah. Kevin Spacey, who basically just did an imitation Copy. of Gene Hackman, Copy which Gene is Hackman. the point of it, because it basically was supposed to be Superman yeah. 3, just with a different yeah. cast. Um, but, yeah, Rosenbaum is far and away. Well, besides, I love the animated Lex Luthor, um, mm-hmm. our guy there that's been in a million things um, from Shawshank and whatever else. Um, he was in Ahsoka. Um, but, yeah. And he was the in Highlander. Two, but the, yeah. two, the two Lex Luthers I like, I like Rosenbaum probably the most, but the one I like uh, the second most is the guy who was in Lois and Clark. Did you ever watch Lois and Clark in the 90s? I watched show? a few episodes, uh, okay. mostly when I was at my cousin's. It just never really appealed to me. Plus, back then, I wasn't a Superman guy. Um, I literally did not become a Superman guy until Man of Steel. I never really cared for the character. And then I got into the character and went into like his history. And so, and that's when I watched the animated series. I think it was on Netflix at the time. And I watched that like twice through. Um, but yeah, I mean, so the, the Lex and that's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Because it's basically the same where it's a, it's a guy who is a, he runs LexCorp and becomes, he's secretly evil and then by the end, or by the end of his arc, um, Superman realizes how evil he is, and then the world starts okay. realizing it. Kind of like what happens in Smallville, spoiler, but okay. you kind of um, already figured yeah, it Yeah, obviously out. you know that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, the one Lex I have not watched because they're not on HBO Max yet is the Superman and Lois Lex. You okay. know who plays Lex in that show, right? Yeah, uh, John Cryer. Right? No, no John Cryer's is, he was is Supergirl. Yes. Um, um, I heard yes, he was but I, um, it's much, uh, cut, uh, cut, uh, I want to say cunt lips, uh, uh, cut, uh, from walking Close? dead. Yes. Abraham yes. on the walking dead. Yes. I can't um, remember his I'm really excited to see what he is. Um, I guess he's in, he's in the third season and I guess he's in jail, but it's okay. going to be interesting to have a nice, like yoked up, um, yeah. fucking jacked yeah. up. I mean, the animated version was very much like a big imposing figure. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, as far as Lex, he's played so much in the movies. So much yep. in the movies. Um, to the point where they don't give time for any of the characters. And that's what the TV shows are great about. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were to suggest, I mean, it's aged a lot because you're talking 30 years ago. Go back and watch on HBO Max. Go back and watch some of the Lois and Clark episodes. Okay. I think I think they do a great job with the, with the relationship. Yeah, because it's only four seasons. They do a great job with the relationship. There's a few things I like about that more. The relationship between Lois and Clark, I love a lot more in that. I love the Perry White probably more in that show than any iteration of the character ever on movie okay. or television. Um, Jimmy Olsen as well. Jimmy Olsen changed through a couple actors on that show. Um, is He, uh, he and Perry are both in Smallville, right? Towards the end? Yes. Um, uh... uh and also, the Daily Planet in Lois and Clark was probably the best Daily Planet on screen okay. so far. Because it's mostly set in the Daily Planet. It's mostly about yes. them and their relationship. Um, there are some very, very cool episodes of that show, too. There's a time travel episode. There are a couple of time travel episodes where H.G. Wells goes in his time machine. That's part of the comic book lore, too. H.G. Yep. Wells goes in his time machine, goes finds Superman. He's from the future. He comes from the future and finds out Superman and Lois are married. He tells them. There's some very cool story arcs from that time in the 90s. Um, so I suggest go back watching that too. Uh, kind okay. of with that as well. Superboy. Don't talk about that enough. 1989 Superboy. 
couple of seasons. That show was great. It was the first time you saw Bizarro on screen. Um, that show was great too. This this was great about these shows is there's stuff that hasn't been in the movies yet, villains especially. Yeah. That have shown up on these shows and Smallville does that a lot too. There's yeah. a Bizarro, I mean, there's a Doomsday. Yeah. We barely even cracked Superman villains in on screen like you know we barely cracked them uh, as far as movies go. Um, you know Mr. McSixaplex. I talk about him every once yes. in a while. He's kind of yeah. he's kind of from another dimension and he's a, yep. kind of a clown. And you have to say his name backwards in order to get him to disappear. Well, he was played. Do you remember uh, Balky from Perfect Strangers? I think we talked about him not yeah. too long ago. Yep. He's he's played by him in Lois and Clark. There's an episode okay. where he shows up on the show. So there's a lot of cool stuff like that in there. A lot of comic book lore. I, I suggest go back and watch that. Okay. Um, so that with that being said, let's get into the news. And it's not a new segment without the trailer round. Uh, a couple of trailers I wanted to bring up. One big one, one eh. Uh, mean Girls. You ever watched the first Mean Girls? Uh, the movie came out in 2004. Long time ago. Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan. Uh, decent movie done by Tina Fey after she left uh, Saturday Night Live before yep. 30 Rock. Um, decent movie. Uh, kind of started the whole... The, Did she write it or direct she, it? She wrote it. She starred in it. I don't think she directed okay. it. Um, oh, yeah, she but, was in it, wasn't she? You're yeah, right. uh, um, and she's in this as well. This is a remake uh, based off the musical of, of Mean Girls, and they're doing a, 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 a filmed version of the musical um, with a whole new cast, except for some of the teachers from the movie are, are back. Um, trailer looks eh. Um, first movie was good. Lindsay Lohan. I think the cast from the first movie just worked so well. Yeah, um, and for the time period, it was awesome. And for perfect. the time, and for the time, it was perfect. You're right. Yeah. Um, but the big trailer this week, um, we kind of mentioned it was probably coming out was Ghostbusters: Frozen Empire, mm -hmm. which is the final no name for this movie. I've watched I don't the trailer. Know if I like the name. I yeah, you mentioned that last week too, but it makes sense now that you see the trailer what it's yeah. all about. Um, yeah, they're going back to New York. And the whole entire city of New York is being taken over by this frost entity yes. of some sort. When when the beach was freezing up, were, yeah. were you also thinking, are we gonna get are we gonna get alien shark frozen guys like ghost sharks? Because that'd be dope. Ghost frozen Go, sharks. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a <laughs> lot of cool shit that can happen. I think the last I think the last scene from the trailer where this big, tall, almost ice monster. Yep. Reminds me a lot of Gozer comes yep. out of the shadows. I think that looked very menacing, very cool. Um, you see every single member of the Ghostbusters. There's probably about 20 people that wear a proton pack <laughs> so far in this yep. trailer. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited for this. I, I Jason Reitman's producing, not directing this one. Um, set in the firehouse. At one point, you see the firehouse completely being in, in caved in ice. Yep. Very cool. This is in the middle of summer as well, so um, visually, visually looks great. Um, Paul Rudd, I think, is going to be the comedy part of this. As far as the trailer is concerned, he's going to be the comedy relief yep. of this whole entire thing. So, um, yeah. excited for that looks, comes out looks next good. year. It looks good. It, but, it could easily be the second best Ghostbusters. I mean, nostalgia wise, you'll probably always have number two. Yeah, um, I'm yeah. not a huge fan of number two, so for me, it might become the second best. Um, I did really like the one they did a few years ago, though. Afterlife was really good. Yeah, Harold um, Ram Harold Ramis so. is just Harold Ramis. Without him being in this, yeah, it's such a, it's, yeah. it's hard to rank these movies without putting those first two on the top. With without, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's. I mean, it'd be like if 
Carrie Fisher died before the Force Awakens and couldn't even be in that movie. Like, it wouldn't. Even, yeah, it would have. It would have felt. And, it wouldn't be even worth it. Almost. It, it, um, it wouldn't be in the luckily, conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, luckily they found a way to get him in the last one. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into the news. Big news yesterday, twelve oh one a.m. The actor strike finally ended, and everybody can go back to work. The deal was struck. And everybody started going on social media promoting all the stuff that's been out in the last six months. <laughs> People are like, "Oh yeah, yep. go see our show." By the way, it came out in August, but go see it anyway. Go see. Yeah, our that movie. was um, Blue Beetle guy. Yeah. tweeted out. He goes, yeah. "Guess I can finally say this. You can buy it now." <laughs> and he like put the iTunes link up. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, the the lady who plays uh, Sylvie and Kiyu Kwan both did videos thanking the fans for for watching Loki, even though they haven't been yep. able to promote it. Um, so that's huge, huge deal. They but still have that, to. They still have to sign off and everything. Like it's still like we can start. They can start talking about stuff now. Yeah. But technically, I think there's another week or two before it's like yeah. officially, 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 officially yeah. over. Um. But I mean, as far I mean, all the the heads for both have already come to an agreement. So yeah. like, no one's gonna push back on it. So and we'll talk. We'll talk about this because this has sent a ripple effect through delays. Um, yep. People, they're going to be starting filming very soon on a couple of things. I know Deadpool is starting in a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going back into production very soon, but there's a lot of delays. Marvel has some big ones. We'll talk about that towards the end. But uh, weekend box office last weekend, Five Nights at Freddy's for the second week made $19.3 million. Uh, Taylor Swift's Errors film, which is doing gangbusters, made another $13.5. And Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon made $7 million, which is being considered a failure. Um, I think mostly it's coming from the geek community because of all the shit he talked about Marvel and comic book it's, movies in general. But, because the movie costs two hundred, but like Apple only put it out in theaters because of the uh, yeah. Oscar buzz and whatnot. And also they can they're they're using this as a uh, tool for all their platforms. Yeah. I mean, two hundred million dollars to Apple is absolutely nothing to spend on a Martin Scorsese film. Right. And you can say, "Come to our platform because we have a Martin Scorsese film on there," and you can use it in all the ads for the iPhones and yeah. Apple TVs and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, five, five Nights at Freddy's is a is a mystery to me just because of the yep. amount of money it made date. the first week, the day and date. Yep. It's just it's just remarkable the money that that made. But um, let's get into the news. The bear. Renewed for season three at FX. That was announced right after the uh, deal. Um, Jeremy Allen White coming back for an, for another uh, half hour. The ha- half hour series that's on FX. Uh, excited for that. Speaking of the Bear, um, I saw an interview this week where Zach Efron talked about how he he's kind of become obsessed with wrestling. Yep. Um, it's because of all the time they took to make this movie. In fact, to the point where they filmed entire matches, full matches, for the Iron Claw, which comes out next month. This could um, be a great DVD to own for the, oh, the, the special, yeah, the special effects and extras for that are going to be amazing if they show all the full matches and the yep. amount of time, energy. Um, I, I'm, I know that, uh, I know that Zach Efron's been talking close to um, Kevin, yep. Kevin Von Erich. I know they they have close communication and Kevin Von Erich loves the movie. Um, not all the, I did read that not all the brothers are a part of it. It's he should, he hasn't gotten four. a payday in this industry in he 35 hasn't at all. fucking years. It's kind, <laughs> it's kind of, going to promote it. It's kind of funny, and I, I don't know, I, I think if this if this does well as far as reviews, it could be just like The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, and just, mm. people will just see it because of the, because of the reviews, and that would be great. Yep. Um, yep. I saw Jeremy Allen White talking about uh, what it's like to actually, because Chavo Guerrero was like one of their consultants and talking about oh, like working yep. with Chavo, and him basically being like, 
what do you mean I don't get a break? Like, because, like, when they're filming the matches, they're filming them like they really were. So, like, they have to, like, work the crowd. So, you really don't get a break when you're a professional no, wrestling. No, no. Even when you're not doing moves, you still have to do other things to get people involved. Um, so, he was, like, very taken back by that at first. But, yeah, this this movie looks awesome. And I hope it's hope it's as good as it looks. Because yeah, it looks me fantastic. Too. Me too. Um, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, we talked about the trailer last week. Um, did 100 million people viewed the thing on YouTube. Um, I thought the trailer looked great. I still don't understand what timeline this movie is at. Yeah, because I've, I've heard, heard I've heard it, I've heard it takes place... I've heard it's Caesar's son from the third Yeah, I've one. heard that. But then I've heard it's Generations Afterwards. And so I've heard that. That's, is, that's, yeah. that's the one I heard the most of, that it's set Generations After and the Apes Have Taken Over, which is kind of what the trailer... Show, yeah. so. I mean, it looks like the original Planet of the Apes. It, it, does. it looks awesome. Like I can't. Wait. And I'm wondering. Um, I'm wondering I love that trilogy. If, so I'm wondering if this story will end with an astronaut. Do you think they'll do that? Ever do that again? Bringing an astronaut into uh, see Earth being taken over by apes? All, all of that. In the very first movie, uh, the one with uh, the guy that's been canceled there, Franco. Yeah. Um, before he finds. The monkey, or before he finds Caesar. That's um, right. The new astronaut. The astronaut goes into space. That's right. The name of the astronaut from the very first Planet of the Apes. Um, So, yeah, I don't know if they're planning another trilogy or if this is just going to be the last one. But, uh, yeah, that was an Easter egg. Um, So, I'm sure that'll come into play at some point. I don't know if it'll be this one, the next one. I don't know if they're planning to do one, two, three of them. But, uh, yeah. God, that would be a great ending. That would be a great ending to all of this, this whole new reboot era of Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Uh, if they brought the astronaut back. Who would play the astronaut? Because Harrison Ford, I mean Harrison Ford, uh, Charlton Heston was huge in 1969. Yeah. Who would play Who would play that that lead astronaut? You, you know who I'm going to say. Chris Pratt? I know it. Yep. Yeah. Or Michael B. Jordan. Those are my two guys. Ooh, my Michael two. B. Jordan. <laughs> yeah. But, That'd uh, be good. Yeah, I mean, I just say Chris Pratt because why not? Everybody, everybody. I like Chris Pratt, I like, I like Chris Pratt and everything, Pratt. so, yeah. Yep. Um, Stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, after 34 years on The Simpsons, Homer will not be choking Bart Simpson anymore, his son. Um, it was always a part of The Simpsons back in when I used to watch. Um, yep. It's part of that, that new uh, politically correct world that we live in, that the yep. uh, Gen Z... Gen yeah, they, they got rid of the uh, the Hindu guy, right? Like yeah, Pooh. Uh, yeah. Hank... Hank Azaria doesn't do the voice of Apu anymore. Um, I'm not even sure if he's part of the show. I haven't watched Simpsons in a, since pretty much the Simpsons movie was the last thing I watched currently with the Simpsons. So, um, The writers of The Simpsons posted on social media yesterday um, talking about Homer Simpson is available to comment as he is busy strangling Bart. And they showed a picture of him and why are you little clickbaiting? And yep. it's yeah, um, kind of having a little fun with it. Um, Darren Aronofsky, this was announced today, is making a movie about Elon Musk. Um, he, he of course did the movie on, uh, what was the, what was the biopic that he did? He didn't he do a biopic besides did, the wrestler? He, I was going to say he did the wrestler. Um, uh, I can't think. I, I want to say Steve Jobs. Maybe. I, I guess I he, sort of, he, no. he did Jobs. Did he do jobs? Okay. Uh, oh, God, I don't was know. it him or was it? Uh, yeah, I don't look. I don't. I don't know. Look, look it up. But Elon Musk, yeah, great biopic. Elon Musk, very smart individual, very very cocky. 
He did an interview with Rogan I want to listen to. He did another one this week. Danny um, Boyle did Jobs, the Steve Jobs okay. movie. Um, yes, I don't know. Darren Aronofsky, besides... Uh, uh, he did. He also did the Black Swan movie. Um, I don't know. He's done a lot of weird movies. Yeah. Um, he did the... Oh, he produced The Whale. Yes. Uh, yeah, I knew that. It's the whole reason it was made, I think. And the whole yeah, because it, it was based on his play. Yep. Uh... Noah, he did Noah. God, that movie sucked. Oh, with um, with Russell Crowe. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't see any uh, documentaries in there. Okay, but... so this is for his first biopic. So, okay, so Elon Musk. Um, probably a lot to that. I know they've done a lot of, uh, like you mentioned, the Jobs movies, the Steve Jobs movie, um, stuff like that. They've done stuff like that in the past. So. Elon Musk is fighting Zuckerberg soon. That's been Maybe. that's been going on for like a year. And you know who Zuckerberg's training with? The uh, Gracies. Yes, I thought that, yes. <laughs> yep. Um, also announced after the strike ended, Now You See Me 3. Have you seen those movies about magic? I own the first two. I've never seen them, which is weird because I love magic uh, stuff. Well, the cast alone. I think alone, I got them cheap. The cast alone. And has yeah, a good cast, yeah. Mark Ruffalo, Woody Harrelson. We talked about him. Jesse Eisenberg. Yep. Um, uh, Morgan Freeman. Michael Caine. Daniel Radcliffe was in the second one. Uh uh, Franco, not James, but his brother uh, Dave. Um, the cast was kind of very good in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, first one I saw. Second one I don't think I've ever I've ever finished. But it's about magic. A lot of CGI. It's weird. It's kind of weird. Um, about that whole Las Vegas magic. But they're also uh, thieves. They're they're robbers. They like to rob banks and steal. So uh, it's funny. Um, but they're making a third one that was announced after the strike ended. Um, Spider-Man 2 creative team confirms that Miles Morales is the main Spider-Man moving forward. And I don't know if there's any spoilers to the game in that sentence I just said. Because I haven't finished the game. I know you've been playing it. You want to talk about how far you've made it so far this week? You say you've been well, playing the, quite a bit. I, I beat the main game. Yeah, I was yep. up till fucking 3.30 this morning just flying around the city because it's so much goddamn fun. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I literally can get lost in this game. It's so much bigger than the other one. Um, but yeah, you get that hint at the end of the game. I think what's going to happen is the... Third one's going to start as a Miles story um, and be okay. pretty heavy under Miles. And then I think Pete's going to have to come in at some point. Um, okay. Because it looks like they're going Goblin, maybe? Um, yeah, that's yeah. Goblin that's, is the That's what rumor. it sounds like, yeah. Yeah, Goblin yeah. is the big rumor. Carnage is the other rumor, which I know the Carnage yes. spoiler of that, too. Um, well, we'll talk about that later because I'm still... I just got to Coney Island, so I'm not that far in the game still. But um, Have you even got the black suit yet? No, I'm I'm almost oh, to the point wow. where I'm almost to the point where here I haven't had time to play, and wow. um, I'm gonna try to. Um, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, how far are you in that? Uh, it became the fastest selling Mario game ever. Nintendo expects it to keep selling as well. I haven't I haven't got it yet. I'm still only um, on like World Three or Four. Um, it's fucking great. It's yeah, so much fun. Uh, it's one of those games um, I'm excited for. You just have a smile on your face the entire time you play it. It's fucking yeah. incredible. Nice. Uh, speaking of video games. Um, a game, a, a decade in the making. Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto Six uh, trailer is arriving in December. Uh, Rockstar announced that this week. Um, this this game is uh, is has a lot of hype to it. Um, I, I know these games are huge for them. Um, Dude, the last world. one came out in 2013. Yeah, that's huge. That's and, insane. And then they upgraded it to the PS4. Yeah. And then. They upgraded to the PS5, and people keep buying the yep. fucking game. Yep. I bought it for all three systems. I had it on the PS3, PS4, and I bought the PS5 version last Christmas. And it's great, because 
it takes like two minutes to load the PS4 version. PS5 version loads in like 20 seconds. It's fucking That's awesome. Fantastic. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm expecting a lot from this game. Um, but still, it's a huge online community, so they don't even have to rush into like the next one. Like they just, yeah. they can take their time, which is great for development. They yeah. can just keep letting it marinate. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm. I think I'm going to get into this. I haven't gotten into Grand Theft Auto in a very long time. I think I'm going to get into this one because um, yeah. I do. I do like. I do like. Those and it's going to be a lot of detail. 80s, it's 80s Miami again. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. Right, Vice City. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to be 80s or 90s, or it's going to be Miami. It's going to be a fun game. Yeah, it's um, going to be. The yeah. last one that was in Miami was only came out on PS2, so I never played it. Vice City. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, came out with two new posters for the boys. Are you caught up on Gen V? Because I'm not. Yes, I finished it. Obviously, um, I know the big uh, spoil. I know the big spoiler at the end. You want to talk about it, uh, Homelander? Uh, spoilers for the episode if you haven't seen it. But I, I do know a couple of spoilers that happened in the uh, episode. Yes. You want to talk about uh, it Homelander bit. shows up. Um, Shoots arrests, what's her name in the chest, right? Yes. Um, the chick that can uh, use blood to mutilate you. Um, shoots her in the chest. Um, and then they all wake up and they're all in a room with no doors or windows. And, okay. then, uh, and then it flashes to uh, Butcher. Okay. And he's like, bloody cunts. And then it just cuts off. <laughs> <laughs> really? So I think That's I think amazing. what happens I think what's going to happen is um, it's going to be similar to the comic. Um, I think oh, I don't want to spoil anything for Gen V. Um, yeah, don't because I'm still watching it. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll wait. We'll talk about it in detail. I think so. I think what what he finds in that room or that scene is what they talk about in the penultimate episode of Gen V. Um, okay. And when you find out what that is, you'll know what I'm talking about. Because I guess that's how he gets rid of Homelander in the comics. Although I never okay. read that far into the comics. Um, but the show is so far based off the comics now. Like They just use the comics as like broad ideas. It's just so different okay. than the comics anyways. So um, I'm not too worried about that being a huge spoiler. But I mean, that is kind of how it has to end. Um, but yeah, you'll get there. I think it's the penultimate episode where you find out what's going on at the store. Okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, Amazon Prime released two posters for the boys, season four, uh, coming out in 2024. Um, one with Butcher and one with uh, Homelander. I'm excited for that. Also, this week, a picture leaked of Josh Hartnett. <laughs> he looks Superman, like Paul Dano. He Superman looks like fucking Paul Dano. <laughs> he does. Superman Flyby, which was a movie written by Kevin Smith, right? Superman Flyby, was that the one? Or Superman, uh, I can't remember. Produ- no, no, Kevin Smith was the other one. This was the J.J. Abrams produced yes. Superman movie. Yes, okay. Um, but Josh Hartnett uh, was notorious for auditioning for to be Superman Clark Kent. And a picture leaked this week of him in the Superman outfit for that movie. And it's very, it very is, funny. It looks photoshopped. Like, it, it looks does. terrible. It does, but it, 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 he looks horrible, and he, he he definitely didn't have the muscular musculature to uh, play. No, but I mean that would have been two years before they started filming, probably. Right? Anyway. So, yeah, I mean, he, he would have had to buff up. He could have got there. I mean, Nicholas Cage padded. certainly didn't. They could have padded the suit out. I mean, that looks uh, that looks like the very first original suit that they use in the first episode of Superman and Lois. Um, yeah, yeah. The original original one that his mom made him. So it could have been very old arc. school. That's a very yeah. old school type of suit. So yeah. Yes. It also um, looks kind of like the Kingdom Come Superman without the muscles. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the delays in comic book movies. Uh, Sony Pictures announced that the third Venom movie was moving okay. from July of next year to November 8th, so a year from okay. now of, ne- of next year. 
Um, but the big Marvel ones, everything kind of moved, everything shifted, which is a good thing. Um, Deadpool 3 is moving off of its uh, May 3rd, which we already knew that. It's going to be taking over Captain America's spot in July 26th of 2024. Making it the only movie coming out in 2024. Now, we kind of mentioned it in the beginning that this is a good thing to spread it out. Because Deadpool 3 is our, probably our most anticipated movie in this uh, new phase coming it's really up. really the only thing I'm looking forward to in Marvel. Until a new Spider-Man's announced. Uh, yeah, and, and also until there's a little bit more development of what the fuck and is more going on. Clear cover, yeah, more clear picture of what the fuck's going on yeah. and what the end game is and trying to figure out what they can do with Kang. Yeah. Um, I did hear, by the way, I have a question. I forgot to bring it up uh, during the Loki Season 2 talk. Um, I heard that they ended Loki with a way they can kind of move off Kang for now. Is that true? Uh, Kang is really not in the picture anymore. Okay. Um, so depending on what goes te- te- on. Te- no, it's, it's weird. It's funny. I take that back. Okay. He is in the picture. There are variants, and the TVA has a dossier of every single Kang variant. Okay. So they know he's there. Okay. Um, they still don't know. They still don't call him by Kang. They call him by variants of He Who Remains. So they don't yep. bring him by. So they can always move off him and then move back towards him if they have to. Yes, yes. Okay. Anything, anything can happen. Time travel fuckery, anything can happen. Multiversal fuckery. Yeah. But Deadpool 3, only movie coming out July of next year in 2024. Yep. Uh, Captain America Brave New World moved from July 26th of next year. It's moving to February 14th of 2025, starting off the year. Um, it's 50% complete, they also say. Um, they thought that may be opening up next year, but that's not the case. Um, Thunderbolts. Which didn't have, uh, I don't think it even started right before the, for the everything, everything happened with the strikes. Um, it's going from December 20th, 2024 to July 25th of 2025. Yep. So that'd be the second movie of 2025. So that's, so that's two weeks after Legacy. So if you're James Gunn, do you see, do you move Legacy to maybe July Memorial weekend? Memorial, Memorial weekend. I would you think, think. Memorial- give it, give it, give it time to spread out. Cause there's no, would- there's no comic book movies that, that month. That or I was thinking July Fourth, Americana. That gives. I mean, movies in general only have two to three weeks in theaters, anyways. So that would give it three weeks of yeah. solid, whatever. Um, and it's Fourth of July weekend. But yeah, they could. Oh, they could push it to May. Yeah. Um, I just hope it doesn't get delayed because of this. But yeah, you're right. May would be perfect, also, because uh, I'll give it May, June, and July, yeah. essentially. Uh, since Captain America is taking over the February 14th, 2025 date, Blade, which had that date originally, is moving to the end of the year, November 7th. So there's going to be three Marvel movies in 2025. Um, this is going to set a delay in a lot of stuff going on going forward, um, which is a good thing. Uh, I think the spread out of telling these stories, giving time for the animators is a good thing. Um, getting back into what they need to remember of what these stories entail um, as far as storytelling, as far as visually, getting back. We're going to talk about the big after credit scene. I know a lot of people are kind of 50-50 on it. I'm excited about the after credit scene of Captain Marvel for a couple of reasons. We'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, I, we never talk about this on this show, but Matt Shackman was a director on... It's always sunny in Philadelphia. We never. I don't know yep. why that never came up. Um, he did, of course did. Did he do the first episode? He did. He's done a bunch of episodes. But he I know he's one. done a bunch, but I feel like he did the first one. 
he did one division. He's also doing the Fantastic Four. Yep. Um, he says he's gonna his work on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia helped him forge his take on Marvel's first family, the Fantastic Four. Um, he also said that. Um, Could you upcoming... imagine he just cast them? Oh, <laughs> if he just cast Char- them, Charlie Day. Charlie Day is the thing. I, I saw the fan art today. Um, oh, okay. Um, MC- <laughs> the MCU, the MCU version, of the Fantastic Four are going to be taking improv, improvisation. Oh, improv! I can't even fucking say it. Improv approach to filming after his experience working on, on It's Always Sunny as well. Um, very different. Um, I, they, they don't do a lot of improv, improv in Marvel, except no. for Iron Man 1. I mean, Disney in general, that's why they fired uh, the two guys yeah. off of Solo, because they were letting them improv too much. But everything, all the rumors seem to be coming true with this movie, set in the 60s. Um, some sort of a multiverse fuckery going on galactically um, with uh, with um, cosmic rays. Yep. Um, Galactus being a part of it. We're supposed, kind to, get, of, we're supposed to get casting news next week, I think. Uh, which would be great. I, I think. I think. That's what I uh, heard, but you never know with the internet. I, I I haven't seen that yet, but I would expect. It. I would. I, you know what they should do? Um, no Comic Cons until July, but they should do their own press conference, like they did that one year, where they I think they announced uh, they they announced Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther, and they yep. had, they had Robert Downey Jr. open the thing. I think they should do something like that again in like uh, El Capitan in California or somewhere. Um, just do this huge fan event. I think that would be great. Um, after 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 blocking everything for so long, as far as announcements for Marvel, um, they should do something like that, like a DC fandom, but but make it so the fans can watch it online. That'd be great. Um, so excited for Fantastic Four. I'm, I, I I very much very much am. Um, also excited for Captain America: Brave New World. Um, currently, I think it has the most filming of any of the shows so far, but. Um, they're going to be reportingly uh, sh- uh, scheduling reshoots, which they do for all of these movies. Um, in that in that Marvel book that we talked about a few weeks ago, um, that's the one thing that Kevin Feige does right. He goes back and realizes what can we go back and reshoot that would add to the the overall story arc of the whole entire series that we're telling as a whole. Um, well, apparently great- it's apparently it's getting fucking hated on with all the pre screenings and all that stuff. In there that was moving the thing that huge out- chunks of the movie and. I mean, their entire reshoot schedule is the same length it took to shoot Endgame. So okay. we'll see if this movie's a mess or not. But I think this uh, delay with the actors and writers is giving them time to rethink things. And I think it's only going to make the movies better. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing. And we talked about that yeah. too. And I, I really do hope that, that things get straightened out. Because I love these movies. I love I love the, 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 the source material. So much there that they can, they, they can handle the, they can handle this if they really put their minds to it. Um, Ryan Reynolds went on uh, Instagram today talking about Dogpool um, coming to the movie summer 2024. Of course, coming out next July. Um, I I don't know. I don't know about Dogpool. He's an ugly looking fucking dog, but it'd be great yeah. if he was in the movie. Um, I can't wait for this movie. But we'll talk about that more later. Um, Talk a little bit more about Marvel. Um, Echo. We talked about it. I talked about it last week. First series under new, Marvel's new Marvel Spotlight banner. Marvel Spotlight is a comic book arc that came out with individual stories that kind of were not related to the other parts of the Marvel universe. Kind of their own standalone stories. So take that for what you will. I think Echo is the first movie that's going, uh, first show that's going to be taking advantage of that of that banner. So. Interesting. Um, 
It'll also, uh, yeah, that's what I just said. Uh, the Bear star Jeremy Allen White also said, said that he met with someone for a Marvel-y role, and it didn't go well. Um, his quote was, they were like, fuck you. Um, so, so he's yeah, not going to be the Human Torch. No, he's not going to be in any... <laughs> I, 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 think he, I think it was more of a thing in, uh, in uh, Fantastic Four, if I were to guess. Um, but it may have went to his co-star, co-star and hopefully we'll find out in that in a couple of weeks, but we'll have yep. to wait and see. Um, MCU's Blade was officially announced to be rated R. Um, excited for that. Made. Um, well, it is now. It's, it's in, it's in development and, uh, it's, been it's, it's the fourth, it's the fourth, 2018. it's the fourth movie on the roster coming up. So I'm excited for it. We'll, we'll just have to keep patient on it, but. Um, Kevin Feige also addressed the, the rumors that the original six uh, Avengers are going to return. Um, Kevin Feige in the Kevin Feige way didn't really give any good and new information out, but he did mention that Scarlett Johansson's project at Marvel is still happening. No, no idea what that is, um, but it is still happening. I have no idea what that could be, but she's involved still somewhere. Um, I thought after everything that happened with Disney Plus and Disney, I thought she would just be done with Disney because they fucked her over with the the uh, Disney Plus stuff. A, a yeah. uh, check for some lost income. It, it was they, cutting her a big fat did. check. It was huge. I remember that. Um, also announced, uh, he was on the red carpet. Whatever, whatever red carpet carpet you want to say for Captain Marvel. Kevin Feige announced that his his uh, Star Wars film had been shelved at uh, uh, at Disney. Definitely wasn't happening. Um, they didn't announce it during the whole entire thing uh, last year when they announced it's three new Star Wars movies, so that's not surprising. Um, they announced this back in 2019 when they announced all that stuff with Rogue Squadron and all that bullshit with Cat with uh, with Patty Jenkins and all that. That's not happening anymore either. So um, Star Wars is in a bigger mess than than Marvel. I will say that. So mm-hmm. um, not surprised. Um, this week they 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 released the Lego set of the Avengers Tower with I think yeah, yeah, 31, I 31 minifigures, including a Kevin Feige figure. Um, pretty much taking place during the first Avengers movie. A lot of scenes from that movie playing out. How much um, is this thing gonna fucking be? Uh, five five hundred and fifty bucks, I believe, is a lot of pieces it's too. A nice looking tower. Five, I'll say that five thousand pieces. Comes with a lot of things from the first Avengers movie. Five hundred um, bucks for like thirty-eight cents in plastic, though. Is yeah, Legos. <laughs> Legos cost more than a lot of things. So it's, it's the most expensive toys. Yeah, I, lo- I do love them. Um, talking about box office last night, uh, the Marvels took flight with six point six million dollars in previews. In comparison, Quantum Mania and Guardians of the Galaxy made seventeen point five million, so almost a third of that. Almost, yeah, almost a third of that it made. So, um, not doing too well, but uh, uh, yeah, I we'll talk about it in a little in a few minutes. But um, Disney Hulu Emerged app is going to launch next next month on beta. Um, going to fully launch around March of next year. Um, I'm excited for that because I hate having all these ma- all these weird different apps on there. Having a combined, I loved it when HBO Max and Discovery combined. That was great. Didn't fully combine, by the way. There's still some stuff that's only on Discovery on this on the Discovery Plus app, yep. but uh, I do I do love the combination of the two in one app. Um, so this will be good too. And Hulu and Disney Plus. Now that Hulu is probably going to be 100% owned, I don't think Hulu is going to be around in another five years. But that's a whole other story. 
Um, a new poster for Rebel Moon Part One: The Child, uh, A Child of Fire, coming out December twenty second on Netflix. Um, I know probably the most excited thing you're excited for this year. Uh, um, left pro. No, um, I have uh, the wrestling movie above this one. Okay, um, but yeah. just just slightly. They come out the same day, so <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So we may be doing a double feature. We may or. Well, if that's in theaters or not. Um, oh, that'd be cool if it was. Rebel Moon be. probably isn't. They announced, I don't think you have it on here, I looked briefly, but they announced uh, four IMAX cinemas will be having it. Okay. Um, three days before it comes out on Netflix. And the two that are in America are actually owned by Netflix. So I okay. don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to give it to, to Regal. Um, but we may have to film like, uh, or record on Saturday or Sunday that week so yep. that we can watch both of these uh movies and review them yeah um omega um if you ever seen the viral videos of uh kermit the frog whipping out his pickle or whipping out, whipping yes. out his cucumber um omega is officially shut down so you won't be seeing any of those viral videos anymore um big for porn stars big for guys with big huge dongs that like to show them off to un- unsuspecting girls they're they're kind of going on there trying to find friends. I don't know what the fuck they're looking for. I think they're just looking for dongs, to be honest. But um, officially shutting down. I don't know why I had that in the news. Um, local new local news in Dover, New Hampshire. They put a plaque up and they put a uh, sewer grate down where the Ninja Turtles were first created. The birth the birthplace of the Ninja Turtles, Eastman and Lord Laird's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at 28 Union Street in Dover, New Hampshire. Have the sewer grate with all the four Ninja Turtles from the very first comic book, the silhouette of them, and there's a pit, there's a sign out front saying the creation of the Ninja Turtles by the uh, State of New Hampshire Historical Significance, whatever whatever you want to call it, um, November 1983. While living in Dover, Kevin Eastman and Peter Peter Liard created a cast of Ninja weapon wielding turtles during a late night drawing session, amused by the absurdity of the idea, the duo developed the story of four teenage turtles brothers. So and so on and so forth. Um, it became a uh, multi multimedia franchise. Of course, we know. Um, I'm gonna try to go over there this week or next week and go go look at this thing and take pictures of it because it does look pretty fucking cool that they did this. I'm glad they mm. did this. I have to talk um, to my brother-in-law. He's a huge turtles fan, so he wants to take the drive over there when he comes up. Nice for yep. Christmas. Yep. Uh, it does look very cool. And uh, and uh, we talked about it, I think last year when they shelved the uh, the Batgirl movie. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, Warner Brothers shelved also the uh, Coyote and Acme movie starring John Cena. It will never be released. However, people who saw this movie yeah, say it's the say it's the best thing animated thing they've seen since Who Framed Roger Rabbit, as far as live action animation is concerned. Yeah. Um, saying it's very funny, very sad, and very emotional at the end. Yeah. Why would they do that? Especially if you want to show people that James Gunn could do more than dick and fart jokes. Yeah. Like, um, written by Gunn, a guy who's carrying your biggest properties right now into the future, and you shelve one of his projects, that's just going to give more fuel for everyone else. Especially a project that apparently was really good. Yeah, very um, good. Everybody everybody who's seen it says like, fantastic. And it was like for a $100 million whatever, but it's only a $30 million savings in tax breaks. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I feel like this movie would have made twice that, at least, in theaters. Yeah. Like, I don't um, get it. And it pisses me off and finally in news decades in the making nintendo announced this week that a live action legends of zelda movie is happening um tom holland 
I'm gonna talk to you about that in a minute. Who I think should, who I think should play the character, um, a director from the Maze Runner series. Wes Bell is set to direct it. Um, Avi Aaron, who is all Marvel CEO of Marvel Studios, created Marvel Studios, been being producing all those Sony and Fox movies. He's producing this as well. It's gonna be a uh, Warner uh, Sony movie. Um, which is why everyone's like putting fan art with Tom Holland in it. And this guy who's directing it said that uh, he wanted to make it. He wanted to make Legend of Zelda. He said this 13 years ago. He wanted to make a Legend of Zelda movie like Avatar, next next Avatar like movie. Um, it be, he he has kind I hope of a vision. Doesn't mean the runtime. No, I think he means visually. Okay. Um, which I think is a great way to think about this movie. Yep. Um, I know you're big into Euphoria. Um, I saw a casting that would be fucking perfect for this. Hunter Schaefer. You know who Hunter Schaefer is on Euphoria? The um, actor, actress, she's a transgender in the show. I know you must know who that is. Yes, okay, I know who, okay. Um, Link is kind of like that. Link is a very, you're not sure, male or female, of course, not yeah. really romantic, and I think that would be perfect for this. Um, not a lot of people talk about that kind of being a transgender actor, but I think... If you wanna, if you wanna bring that into the forefront of of, of this movie, I think it'd be perfect. Mm. No real romantic involvement with Zelda in the, in that series at all. As far I mean, yeah. I haven't played through Breath of the Wild or anything, but um, she. No, I mean, if you they, look at her, yeah. if you look at her face, she looks almost identical to what yep. Link would look like in, in a true real life uh, she fashion. Does. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm all for that. Uh, but that's it for news, so let's get into... Uh, God, we haven't had a spoiler sounder in a while. Let's get into the spoilers for the Marvels. First things first, I brought it up in the beginning. Brie Larson, you agree with me? Terrible for this role. <clears throat> I think um, she's bad for this role. Um, yeah. I'm so... I mean... Yeah, she just... Also... Like, I heard somebody else mention on another podcast I was listening to today. I don't know why uh, Kamala Khan would look up to Captain Marvel in the way that Captain Marvel is. Because, like, Kamala Khan wasn't born when when she did her stuff in the first Captain Marvel movie. She came back, did a little bit. But, like, she hasn't really been around at all. And she's, like, this huge super fan. Like, you figure she would have been a super fan of somebody else in the Avengers. Well, you, know, you know what? But, well, yeah. But Black Widow is no longer around, and they're trying to tie it all together. So, if you think of, if you think about it, looking in, looking outside, looking into that battle at New York that happened at the Endgame, if you're getting news coverage of this stuff and you're seeing the way the world is, I'm not sure how this stuff would have shown up on TMZ, or if you're, you're just thinking that kind of media media how media would have tackled this. Who was the one character that had the most power in that battle besides Thanos? Captain Marvel. You saw her bust through a fucking ship like a rocket destroying it. You also saw her go toe-to-toe yes, -to -toe with audience Thanos. Did, but, but the world didn't. Maybe they did. There was did. no cameras there. Was there ABC News there? There wasn't. No, but Nobody there could saw that been, battle except for us. There could have been security cameras. There could have been any way of... We don't, we're not sure how the world pervaded that whole entire scene of Endgame. And how that actually showed out to the public. Besides a lot of the characters becoming known as far... I mean, everybody knew about Thanos. Everybody knew about that battle. And everybody also knew who died. 
But I'm wondering what what was the implications of that battle, and, and how was stuff like that shown to the public? Um, and something like that, if if it was shown that she was a hero and as powerful as she is, she could become a little girl from New Jersey's hero. The only thing that doesn't make sense is how that how she became the face of a t of a um, t shirt and all this other merchandising, which is weird for that whole entire universe to begin with, but. Um, very much comic book. They happened in the comic books, so I don't know. You're right about that. I, a little I, bit. Kinda, I look at it like the same way, like uh, Star Wars. Like we know what Luke can do, but to everyone else, he's a myth. They just kind of heard about right. it, so that's probably what it was—just word of mouth or whatever. Um, as far as that goes, it just—I mean, she's just such a bland character compared to the other heroes, and the way that Brie Larson portrays her goes into that, where she's like constantly sniffing farts or something. Um, except for her power, yeah. except for her power is very strong. Besides Wanda, she's the most powerful female in the MC right now. True. Um, and, well, and Wanda's dead, so she is the most powerful. Yeah. And uh, so let's let's move on. Uh, this is a sequel to Miss Marvel, WandaVision, Captain Marvel, and kinda but not Secret Invasion. Um, more so, I think this is a Miss Marvel extended episode. This is more than anything. This felt like a Disney Plus movie. It yes, felt like yes. it felt like the third movie in a trilogy that we didn't see the second movie to, and they explained what happened in the second movie. And the yeah. second movie sounds way better than what we got here. Yeah. Um, and it also kind of stole the plot from. Um, I saw somebody say, uh, "You can probably correct me on this or not, because you've seen the movie way more times than I have." But they said they stole the plot from Spaceballs. I thought that was kind of funny. Spaceballs. <laughs> It's been a few uh, years since I've seen Spaceballs, but they're like, I saw this movie when I saw Spaceballs. May the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this, uh, uh, yeah. the whole entire pr uh, premise of this movie is the three main characters, Monica Rambeau, Kamala Khan, and Captain Marvel, have these light powers. They're all based off of light powers. Um, Captain Marvel has the light powers she got from the first movie. Monica Rambeau kind of can see all spectrums of light. And Miss Marvel can control and manipulate light. And the whole entire movie has to do with time portals opening up. Um, if you ever saw the Guardians movies, these jump points were all part of them traveling galactic from galaxy to galaxy. And they were kind of retconned in this movie. And... Those jump points were created by somebody a very, very long time ago, the maker of these bangles that uh, Miss Marvel wears. Um, and something happens where Monica and, and Captain Marvel touch this jump point that kind of had been destroyed by this shitty villain, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, and they end up having the, their power switched with the three of them throughout the movie to the point where they can travel across galaxies, jump into each other's bodies. You saw, if you saw the after credit scene in Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel switch places at the end of that. Um, yep. And that happens throughout the whole entire movie in this movie as well um, to the point where they have to all stay close together and they have to learn how to move um, like a unit. So when they, when they, when they fight and they use their powers and they switch, they can still fight without being off kilter and off, off point. That's basic, basically what the movie was all about. The villain, very, very weak. Probably the weakest villain the Marvel Universe has ever had. Yep. 
not which fleshed is, out, very forgettable. Which is what goes back to what I said, like, it seems like she should have been fleshed out in the second movie here. Yeah. Um, I mean, we both talked about uh, when the first one came out that it was probably should have been like a phase two movie. Yes. And then you could have had that second film that I was just talking about take place between Infinity War and Endgame where everyone else is blipped and she's not and that would lead into Endgame and then they could have done like this movie and everything would have been more fleshed out. Um, but that's all in hindsight and whatever. Um, not going to linger on it, but uh, go on. Um, one of the best parts of the movie, I'm sure you hated it, I love musicals. Yeah, I the, fucking the, hated that. I almost walked out and left you. It's one of the worst scenes in the film I've ever seen in my life. And because of it, I'm never watching this movie again. And this movie also has the, what, the second worst scene I've ever seen in my life with the fucking cats, which we'll get to. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> I laughed at both of these scenes. The, the singing planet, I did not mind. I liked it a lot. because The reason I liked it is because... Oh, he's bilingual. That was the fucking stupidest joke I've ever heard it in was, my life. I laughed. I, I laughed. I thought it was funny. The The singing planet, the whole entire planet can't talk. They can only understand language if you sing it. So you have to sing to them. I thought that was very unique, very weird. It's very... Um, I knew when I saw it, too, it would be divisive. And then, of course, when I got on Twitter, that's all people are... They're either one way or the other on it. A lot of people think it's, like, one of the greatest scenes in Marvel. A lot of people are, like, with me also. I'm kind of I'm kind like mixed. This, there's no, there's no in-between, it. it seems. I don't know. I mean, I knew you would like it. I know, like, my cousin Erin, she's going to love it. She loves all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, just... I almost walked out. I, I did I did like it because it, it, it does bring a unique... Cause you, think, you think alien language... It's weird, weird language you're not going to understand. They don't understand human talking English because, or common, because you're not talking in a singing voice. I thought that was very unique to this movie. Um, the Flurkins, let's but talk yeah, about them. But yeah, you're speaking in English, so they understand the fucking language. But you're not talking in a dialect. Doesn't let's matter. move on. It's let's still move the same on. goddamn language. It let's makes no on. fucking sense. <laughs> let's move I on. I fucking hate this scene. <laughs> let's move God on. Damn it. Let's move on yeah. to something. Let's move on to something that can make you even more pissed off. The Flurkins. God this damn is, it. <laughs> we, the, <laughs> we knew this was gonna. Ha we knew this is gonna happen from the trailers because there were a ton of cats in the trailers. When you started seeing eggs being laid around the ship, you knew that this cat goose in the first movie comes back in this movie and starts laying eggs in Nick Fury's ship. And the worst part, this. That's not even the worst part. There's a ton of cats being born. They're all flurkins. They all have the squid arms coming out of their mouth. The worst part is that this ship's about to explode. And the way that they try to get them to escape this ship is all the flurkins on the ship have to swallow every single every single member of this ship in order for them to be put into one capsule to go to Earth to save everyone. Kevin, I'll, I'll let you have this one. If you want to lambast it, go right a fucking head. <laughs> this is the second stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen in cinema. Martin Scorsese, you were right. Hashtag I'm with Martin. In fact, you know what? I'm just gonna say this right now. Fuck this movie. Just thinking Those about are, this scene just pisses me off. I I I literally said what the fuck at this scene because it was very very much out there. I get what they were doing though, but it was out there. I had another what the fuck moment, and I think it was audibly. I think you could audibly hear me say, what the fuck, and then laugh. But we'll get to that coming up in a few clicks, Dan. Um, to me, Kamala Khan was a standout. I thought I thought she was good. She was fantastic. Like, if you like she's Ms. Awesome Marvel. She's Marvel. Yeah, she's if, fucking great. She she has great chemistry with all three of them. She Even does. Even fucking smart-smelling uh, smart McGee there. 
She plays a great fangirl, which and she had no acting. She had no acting experience besides this. She she was just a super fan of Miss yeah. Marvel and Marvel Universe, to the point where she talks to Kevin Feige about stuff that he. Like, when Marvel did Earth-616 in the Marvel Universe, she said, Kevin, this can't be Earth-616 because that's a comic book universe. You can't have that universe in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. So she's very much a fan of this shit. And she, that's all she was. She wasn't an actress. She came in um, being a super fan of Miss Marvel, and she got the role just because of her dynamic for the character and, her, and just being so into it. Um, but I think she did great in this movie. I think Monica Rambeau, second um, to this movie, Lee Ar- Lee Lee, Bry- uh, Lee Bryson, <laughs> Brie Larson, way way down on that list yeah. as far as being being in this movie. Nick Fury, secondary to everything, he wasn't. He's kind of a featured act in this. Um, incursions. Let's bring that up at the end. Um, Kamala Khan's Young Avengers setup. Um, very quick cameo yep. with Kate Bishop. Um, which we knew was going to happen. This has been three years now in the making of all these young Avengers showing up in right. different different and they shows. They did announce, I believe, I saw a young Avengers movie the other day. I haven't seen mark. the. I haven't I seen the official, official announcement. I, I haven't seen the official. official. Um, but yeah, uh, um, that scene is the one I audibly was like, "What the fuck?" And we knew, like, it was we like knew. word for word Nick Fury's dialogue from Iron Man. She's was a she's Iron a. Man? Yeah, Iron Man. She's a fa- uh, Iron Man, Iron Man too. But she's a fan girl. Um, so she, it, the minute she got that hand on that iPad that showed all the information from all the superheroes in the world. Um, <clears throat> all right. So before we get into the after credits, let's talk about the incursions. Um, this villain, the only thing that she did good in it is she opened up these portals because she was trying to get like water from one planet onto her dying planet where the where the Kree lived, um, and. She had one bangle, and she was using the hammer from Guardians of the Galaxy that um, uh, Yo- Rowan, Rowan and the Destroyer, or Rowan the Accuser, used. So she used the two together, and she created these um, open portals of these jump points. And she would take the water from one planet and bring it to her planet, try to bring life. She was also trying to bring our son of Earth to her, her dying son over the Kree planet to try to bring it back to life as well. Um... So they were kind of bringing up these jump points throughout the movie. And by the end, she finds out that Kamala Khan has the second bangle that she's been looking for. So she steals it from her. So she has two bangles. She uses the power of the two bangles to open up another portal. But this portal opens up another portal to another dimension. And we've been talking about it. We talk about Secret Wars all the time. We've been talking about when an incursion happens. is when two universes collide into each other. To the point where they both pretty much destroy each other. Um, so by the time by the time this happens, the villain gets destroyed, dies because the opening of this portal is just way too strong, um, and the power to open it and the big huge opening rip in the in the multiverse happens. An incursion happens, and you see through space. You see this opening of another planet in space. And Monica Rambeau sacrifices herself, saying, I have to be on the other side of this. You guys use your light powers, Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, to use your light powers to help me close the portal from the inside out. And Monica gets trapped in the other universe. Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel, by the end of the movie, are, are in our MCU universe, 616. And that's when the credits roll. Um, doesn't really, besides the... Besides the uh, 
Captain Marvel, uh, Miss Marvel starting uh, Young Avengers. That's pretty much the big setup for that. And then the after credits roll. We'll talk about it in detail. Um, the interdimensional incursion has been closed. Monica Rambeau wakes up in a hospital room. Um, this is a parallel universe to the MCU said by a line, an exact line said by the X-Men's The Beast played by Kelsey Grammer. And I said it last week. I hope that it's a comic book comic book accurate 1992 x-men accurate version of the beast and i think they did a fantastic job to the point where it looked like something right out of a comic book to the point where he had the fangs he had the overcoat which i don't think he didn't have the overcoat he had the overcoat in x-men in x-men 3 i think how many X-Men movies was he in just the third? Uh, he was in the third one. Because Brian Singer Brian Singer didn't want to use him because right. he was such a CGI-heavy character. And by the time what, What's-His-Name came in and did the third one, X3, they didn't use CGI. They brought him yeah. in and did they makeup for Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kelsey Grammer came back, did the voice, and he talked about all about, he talked all about incursions, talked about, uh, asked Monica where she came from. And Monica sees her mother, who died in uh, WandaVision, um, sees her mother as a uh, just sitting next to her, kind of wrapped up in a blanket in this hospital room. Um, and her mother is uh, has superpowers. She's a Captain Marvel of her own in this universe. Um, and that's kind of where everything leaves off. Um, I think the Beast right. looked fantastic. A lot of people are talking so, about the CGI being horrible. In this universe... Horrible. In this universe, it's Monica's mother that went off and became Captain Marvel. Not, yep. Because remember, that was a big talking point. Yep. And she's like, it could have been you, and I didn't want it. Blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember her name, but she has a name in the comic books, too. Um, Photon, I think. I think yeah, she's Photon. That's why they kept doing the... They are playing with that a little bit in this movie, where they weren't calling yep. Monica uh, Photon. They were trying to come up with a name, and that was never actually said. But Probably to me... But to me, the Beast um, looked fantastic, and a lot of people are shitting on it. But I think it's a lot of people just shitting on the movie in general, or shitting on that scene. I think it looked great compared to the CGI we've seen in later in, in the last few years. I think it's probably the best um, version, close to Thanos. Um, as far, I mean, you, you talk about Ant Man, Quantum Mania, how shitty that CGI was. Um, I will say, I'm glad I saw this a couple days later because it kind it kind of gave me. And a couple days before I saw the movie last night because it kind of gave me a uh, fresh fresh eyes to see the movie and not being uh, excited to see the after credit scene. To, and because sometimes you get biased when you see the after credit scene. When you see a good after credit scene, it kind of it kind of the last thing you see makes you happy about the whole entire movie. I was happy about this scene way before that, so the movie was kind of secondary to me. Like uh, Pritchard says, Hogan must pose. That's some people <laughs> off happy. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, I will say, great thing this had moving forward, which I think they need to work on throughout. Being a shorter movie, the shortest movie in the MCU, worked extremely well. The action scenes, the other great thing I liked about this, they flowed well throughout the whole entire in a tighter, tighter time space. Um, and it may be the best part of the whole entire movie, how the action scenes played out. I think, I think they were choreographed very well, um, played very well, and the, the shorter time, the time of the movie just helped that play out too. Um, like I mentioned, I think it's better than Ant-Man and the Wasp and Eternals. Probably right up there with Thor, Love and Thunder for me. Um, I was sitting at a two and a half and three, but I probably will rewatch this again. 
Um, so it's probably a three. And it's been it's been fucking weird because all these Marvel movies have been threes for me. Um, and I think if I wasn't such a fan of the of the source material, it'd be a lot less. To be honest with you, um, and I, I know you're probably a lot lower than me, but three f- three I mean, for me for this. Uh, here's the thing: is even though those movies were bad, Ant Man in particular and Thor in particular, um, I still like Doctor Strange more than I thought I would. I still left the theater not mad. Yeah, I left the theater pretty mad about this movie. Yeah. Um, just some of the things I didn't, which I just discussed, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's at like a two for me. I'm yeah. not a fan of the character either. Um, you know me. This is a lot of it's character based. Um, I'm gonna like anything Batman probably a whole point above most other characters. Um, when it comes to comic book movies, but I'm just not a fan of her, the way she plays the character. Kamala was awesome. I do look forward to seeing her more in the future. She's fantastic. Yeah, me too. Um, it, it gives you like that kind of that joy of like being a kid again, which yeah. is what I really like about her character. Um, just being a fan of all this stuff, um, just like we are. Um, Monica was also very good. The three of them all worked well together. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like a two. I've seen I'm a lot like of people talking to two and a half, but it's like a two. I've seen a lot of people saying that this should have been a Captain Marvel movie. I mean, a Miss Marvel movie, sorry. Yeah. Not a Captain Marvel. I think Miss Marvel was the best part of it, and I think oh, yeah. the 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 best thing that they could have done was centered center this more on... I mean, it was mostly centered on Miss Marvel. She was yeah. a comedic... She was entire com- opening, comedic timing. The entire opening Yep, was comedic her. timing. Her family was a big, huge part of it. So yep. it was it was basically Miss Marvel episode... Or season one point five, yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I, I I liked it, um, but not as it's, it's very low on the MCU total totem pole for me. Very low. Um, if I'm gonna watch MCU movies, this is probably not the one I'm gonna choose. But um, I like what it's. I, I like the. We finally have a trajectory of where we're going. Yes. Um, bringing the incursions in finally, mentioning them by name, mentioning the fucking X Men. Yep. Finally, the the Fox buyout finally showing up. Um, I mean, Miss Marvel was the first time you heard the X Men theme song, so it was only yep. o- only fitting that they showed the mutants for the very first time in this. As they well. uh, this also would have been the perfect opportunity if they had their ducks in a row to introduce the Fantastic Four, but of course yep. that didn't happen. I'm kind of um, glad they didn't, though. But I mean, it would have been too much with the X Men also. Yeah. But of yeah. course, that's being set up because Wolverine's coming in, and everyone knows that, anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Surprising, we don't have any. We don't have any setup to Deadpool. And I figured we may see something. I thought we might have seen something in Loki, but we didn't. Um, yep. We don't have any setting to Deadpool. Deadpool yep. three is going to be the next thing we see. Well, Echo is, but that's totally different from everything else. But De- Deadpool three is the next thing we see, and there's no setup to it. Yep. It's going to be like jumping said, right this, into this the Fox universe. Also, the fact that it's a Deadpool movie, which is not like other MCU movies, yeah. is also a great thing. Yeah. For there only being one film coming next year, yeah, because um, it's gonna not feel like an MCU movie, but it obviously will have that feel. But at the same time, it's still Deadpool, yeah. So it's a little different, um, and hopefully it's great. Um, I hope it's great, and I hope all these cameos we keep hearing rumored aren't there just to have it be a cameo right, fest, right? Because like, they saw what what No Way Home did, which essentially is kind of what No Way Home. I mean, they started filming that movie without even knowing if those two guys were going to be in the film, so. I think um, the only officially announced so. cameos for that movie were um, Jennifer Garner's Elektra, uh, rumors of uh, Daredevil, 
uh, uh, Ben Affleck. Um, and of course, I think Halle Berry was the other one. Yeah. It was a Variety yeah. article. The only one that we know for sure is uh, is Wolverine. The only official right? one through yeah. the only one Foggy official one is yes. uh, Hugh Jackman. Because they but. can't keep set photos like that out. They can film other people in the volume, but they're doing some of this practically, so they weren't going to try to hide him. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but yeah, uh, for me, three, for Kevin, a two. I think that's pretty much where I expected it to be. Um, I've been a three on these. It'd have to be pretty bad for me to go any lower than that. I don't remember what I gave Eternals, but I'd like to go back and watch Eternals. It's been a couple of years now, and... Did you um, only watch it the one time, or did you I only, watch it I've only, on the plus? You know, it's so funny. All of these Marvel movies I've only seen once. So this phase four and six, uh, four and five, Maybe I've only seen them once. Next, uh, next year's every couple of months review like one. I from may, this, this I, I may, I may do that. Yeah. And if you I will, did that, I mean, it's only one every couple of months, maybe one yeah, every other month or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll do it with you, but um, yeah, we can do that. Just so we can see if our feelings have changed now that we know kind of where they're going. Yep. Kind of. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because we're kind of high on some of these movies in the theater. I'm wondering how yeah. we played out. Uh, like I was, on. I was pretty high on Ant Man, even though I only gave it a three or three and, and a half. Shang- same with and, Thor and Shang Chi. That's that's why I dropped this one so down because this is the only one I hadn't been like left the theater and been relatively like positive on. Well, you weren't really you weren't a, you weren't excited for this movie to begin with. I made you go to Tr- this. Let's, let's be honest. I made you see yeah. this movie. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, next week, next week, that's it for our, this. Our, that's it for our show. Next week's Thanksgiving movie. We're going to see that. Eli Roth. Years in the making. We've been talking about it. Um, next week, I'd like to talk about Star is Born. I know you haven't seen the original, the uh, the new one with uh, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. I nope. think it's a great movie. Um, we're going to watch. You're going to watch that. I'm going to watch. I started watching the original from 1954 with Judy Garland. I'm going to watch the other one with Barbara. Um, Have you ever seen that Barbara. No, I haven't. I, I, okay. About halfway through. Okay. Um, I'm also going to watch the one with uh, Barbara Streisand. Barbara. That one, the Which, one with Barbara oh Streisand and Chris Christopherson. <laughs> you see, have I you seen that yeah. one? Have you the seen Barbara that one? Streisand one? Uh, fucking long time ago. Okay, you have uh, I think, seen it. I think I watched it when I was very young. Didn't really care. The, it just brings me back to that licorice pizza movie and the. I believe okay. they're filming that in the John Peters scene, and it just anytime I think of John Peters, I just laugh. So, because <laughs> um, the that movie with Barbara Streisand is more related to the new one, but they, the new one is ten times better. Okay. From, from what I hear, I have because I haven't seen that one yet, but. The new one is the soundtrack is amazing. The movie is amazing. So much heart and so much turmoil, and you feel the pain. By the end, the very last scene of that movie, if you don't have tears in your eyes, you're not not bawling. But if you're you're not welling up, you have no heart. To be honest, I with don't you. have a heart. We'll find out. We'll find. We'll find out next week. You fucking vampire. So <laughs> that's it for this week. We will talk about that next week. I'm excited to see the Eli Roth Thanksgiving movie, which I would never. Me too. I, I'm not. I'm not really into slashers. You know this, but Patrick Dempsey, by the way, yeah, Maynard from be. Portland. Yep. He is the world. He is the sexiest man alive this week, from as far as People Magazine is concerned. And he's he hasn't been in anything in a while, and he's starring in Thanksgiving next week. So we'll talk all about that next week. And uh, two hours in. We haven't done a two-hour episode in a very, very long time, so that's good. And we'll talk to everybody next week. Peace. Peace.